Hey, Rewatchers. Keith here. Eamon here. Hey, we're doing a little unboxing video, and this is going to be part of uh, our next bonus episode where we're going to be reading some listener reader, mail, reader listener, mail. Now I feel like reader. I'm starting to say listener mail, but it's reader mail. I mean, but it isn't. Nope. Nope. Anyway, so listener. Um, first, we got this awesome message uh, from a listener of the show, and he sent us something that we're going to open on air and probably be discussing on our bonus episode. So this is from James A., and he wrote us, and he says, First, I want to say I love the pod, and hopefully we'll buy some magnets soon uh, to help support your endeavors. Please do. Please do. And if you're out there and haven't bought a set of magnets, do it today. I'm just now getting to the beginning of Season 4 uh, and love the chips and pop reviews you do. I'll send you all some samples of local chips and pop from northern Kentucky and the Cincinnati area where I grew up. For most people outside the area, Kentucky is usually nothing more than a punchline, so I love being able to introduce new people to some of the unique things that make my home state kick ass. Thanks for all the entertainment. So, thank you very much, James. Thank you, James. Uh, so here we are. We've got this box full of all sorts of stuff from Kentucky. Eamon, do you want to do the honors of popping it open and let's see what it is? Sure. See the one listener we have that likes our chip reviews yeah segments. we weren't really sure if people dug it uh we haven't done them in a while because i think i was like i don't know if people really like this or not it was kind of for our own entertainment uh because we were usually it's after a long day of recording so we have some bubble wrap oh man can eat that later we've had that before oh uh, so some grippo's barbecue chips whoa grippo i've never heard of these is that have a star wars character yeah, grippo 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 shoot First, Grippo shoot first. It's two Cincinnati icons celebrating this historic anniversary, and it's a baseball man with a mustache. Okay. And Is that like Mr. Met's evil? A little boy. Uh, evil cousin, and a little boy. I don't know who these Cincinnati icons are, but I love them. Yeah. We should have just some... have Harvey Picar on the the front. Cincinnati yeah. icon, Harvey Picar. Harvey Picar. We have some. Thank you. Wrapped up bottles. Whoa. In his email, James did say he was given some stuff, some crap at the uh, the post office for these bottles. Uh-oh. We should have brought some scissors. Some skizzers. Uh-oh. Or a sword, Highlander. Oh! Anyway, but if you have anything that you want to send us, uh, feel free to just shoot us an email, or uh, I guess you can tweet at us, but then we'll just tell you to write us an email. Uh, so you can write us at HighlanderRewatch at gmail.com. What do we got, Eamon? The original... I don't know how you say this. Ale eight. Oh. Ale eight. I see. And is that a comet? What is that a? Ale eight one. Ale eight one. I have no it's a idea. Tiny one or a weird period? Huh. A late one. Oh, it's a joke. Yeah. That's clever. In nineteen twenty six, my great uncle Lee introduced a ginger and citrus soft drink like no other at Ooh. the Clark County Fair. From that day on, the indescribable taste of this bluegrass favorite would be known as a late one, or the latest thing. Four generations later, I still been blend the secret recipe from Uncle Lee's handwritten notes. Open one yourself and taste the tradition. Now, should we even taste this on the podcast? Because it's indescribable. Yeah, I don't know. We might not be able to say anything about it. And there are three of these in Whoa, here. Whoa, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm just kidding. That's it. <laughs> hey, rewatchers, if you noticed a little splice in there, uh, the phone ran out of space. So we're just doing some editing, editing that together. But thanks, James, for the late one. We're going to enjoy these and for the chips. Yep. And uh, 
you know, listen for our episodes covering these coming up soon. Right, uh, and we're going to transfer into a bonus episode right now. So we're going to hop off the video and just do the podcast where we're going to be reviewing these snacks. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. We are back. Eamon and Keith here. And Hello. we are going to be, uh, you might have seen uh, the other week, we released a little video where we did an unboxing of some cool snacks that we got from James A. from down in his home state of Kentucky. So we're going to be doing a reader mail episode and uh, reviewing the two things he sent us, which was a bag of chips and a pretty cool looking ginger ale. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if there's anything else we have to say, Eamon, before we hop into stuff. Uh, Kyle is not here. That's right. Uh, but he will be with us in the future. Right. Or in the past. Or in the past. Because that's what this episode's coming out last. He's unstuck in time. That's right. Billy Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Mm. But we have uh, some glasses here and a bottle of the late one, or a late one that's soda, right. that we will be enjoying. That's right. And uh, so uh, we have a lot of reader mail, uh, and some of this stuff is older. Um, so some of this stuff is from last season, and obviously we didn't get to that because we were recording the Search for Vengeance episodes. Uh, and then, of course, some of this reader mail actually has to do with the Search for Vengeance. Plus, we got a few in there from this current season, from episodes one through three, I guess. So write us at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com, and if you want to guarantee one of your emails gets read on air, make sure to visit our Patreon page. If you donate to our Patreon page, we you get, like, bumped to the top of the list uh, and we will That's read right. some of your messages on air also the best way to contact us is through email facebook messages while we do appreciate them and read them all there's no guarantee they're going to make it onto the show but emails do email email all right amen i'm going to read the first one here this is from m patterson m pets that's right and this is about it oh an old episode under color of authority under color of authority that's right <laughs> Breaking Bad. Empath's Breaking Bad. That's right. He says, hey, guys, still powering through your podcast. As I listen, it's obvious that you're going to have different viewpoints to me, et cetera, et cetera. But occasionally you'll discuss a moment or scene, and I literally cannot understand how you see it that way. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Whoa. This happened recently, listening to episode 2.12, Under Color of Authority. A.K.A. Richie's first kill. Under color of authority. That's it. At the end of uh, at the end, you discuss why Mac tells Richie to leave. Is he pissed off with Richie, or is it just the amount of witnesses, etc.? I saw this back in '94 when I was 21, and I was never under any illusion why Mac tells him to leave. The clue is Richie's reply. It's that time. Richie has experienced his first quickening. He presumably now has all Mako's power, skill, and knowledge. This could potentially put him above Mac in ability. What? No, no way. No, no. <laughs> I don't think no. so. Yeah. No way. Um, so from Max's point of view, his pupil has now experienced the true power of being immortal, and this could shift their relationship. So Richie begins to covet Max quickening? What? No. I don't think – I don't read it that way at all. And I'm – no offense, uh, Mr. Patterson. Impact. Impact. Um, I'm kind of surprised that's <laughs> like your gut reaction to this. Richie could now potentially beat Mac definitely not true so the teacher student dynamic is over and mac can no longer risk practicing with richie as he may gain the upper hand and simply take duncan's head at this point duncan has no idea what mako's quickening has done to richie's psyche hmm. this is i i don't see any of that stuff in this, this episode. is dark quickening territory yeah it's been a while since i watched this episode mm-hmm. um i just remember mac being like cold hey that's funny that's the next line he yeah. says for me the unusual thing was mac turning his back that did seem unusually cold but I also, agree. if you're concerned that Richie is now an untrustworthy friend who might take your head, 
I don't think turning your back to this person right. is like a good strategy. No. And that sort of untrustworthiness, that doesn't manifest itself later in any episodes at all. Right. Like I that would be fine if they're like buddy buddy in like yeah, so, a few more episodes. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh and then he ends with for Mac, Richie's a killer and a potential foe now. Quote unquote quickening lust may have become too much for him to ignore, and that's why he had to leave. Quickening lust? Quickening lust. Is this a <laughs> is that a fan term? A Highlander fan I've term? never heard that fan term before. Interesting. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know uh, about this, Mr. Empat. What do you think, fans? Do yeah. you think this holds uh, Credence Clearwater? That's right. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I, is. I understand that the, the concept in general, like, they could have done something like that, but I don't think they do. Well, I get that, like, Mac is like, uh-oh, Richie's not, like, a kid anymore. Right. It's like, I'm not a parent, but I, I imagine, like, once you're a parent, as your child gets older and you realize they're not, like, your little baby anymore. Mm-hmm. That's sad or changes the dynamic. So maybe there's something to that. But Mac seeing Richie as a potential foe, I don't quite buy. Yeah. Personally. At least not yet. But thanks for writing in. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eamon, do you want to read this next one? Yes. All right. This is from from Empat again. Oh, hey-oh. Thanks for writing back, (laughs) Empat. Hey, after we shit on your first email, you you wrote back, which is good. (laughs) Hi, guys. Just got done listening to the podcast on Highlander 3. That's the uh, third Highlander movie. Yeah, the third. Mario Van Pabels. During the chat, you ask if anyone has ever had sex in a barn. Guys, barns are about 2,000 degrees. They're stuffy, dusty beyond words. There's flies, wasps, spiders, ticks, and when a damp Uh fungus Uh that can cause respiratory disease called farmer's lung. Gentlemen, let me fucking tell you. Oh, no. When you see your lady in a barn, nope. see her in barn clothes. What's what? What is barn clothes? Is he from down in Kentucky like uh, James No, he's a? from London, United Kingdom. All right. Old shirt, no bra, ripped shorts, etc. What? It is the most erotic oh, thing I'm... ever. <laughs> you need to make the beast with two backs more than you need to breathe. This is making me uncomfortable. When you're done, you'll be itchy, scratched to fuck, and feeling like that was the worst idea ever. (coughs) Straw or hay. Thank you for that (laughs) clarification. Is brutal. You'll look like you have some disease. You'll have so many scratches. Then you turn and look at your less, and like you've just mainlined Viagra, you have to go again. This is is incredible. Okay. Okay. Should we stop? Winky face. (laughs) Empat. All right. Well, from London, United Kingdom. Thanks. Thanks. Want to read the next email? <laughs> yep. No comment needed. What a don't write shit like that to us, please. I I kind of kind of turned me on. A yeah. Little bit. All right. Yeah. Do we need to take a break? Yeah, we should take a break. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> wow. Not what Ooh, I was expecting. Boy. Yeah. Some of these we have not write read in about your barn. Yeah. Barn <laughs> sex sexcapades. Even though Keith just said not to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Um. Just send them straight to Eamon's Twitter account. All right, next. Yeah, send them my way. Email comes from Brian S. regarding episode 415, Promises. He writes, Gentlemen of Mirth, continuing to enjoy your mirthful commentary. I thought the episode Promises would have, was a bit of a divergence from Mac's usual promises. Usually he's ready to jump in and fulfill a promise. However, this time he was more reluctant. Although by the end of the episode he's back to the McLeod standard of judge slash executioner of wrong, pick a direction and stay the course. One of the only instances where Mac gets macked by his cousin. Hey, promisingly, Brian S. Sent from a Metro PCS 4G. Nice. Ooh. 
Metro PCS 4G. But yeah, usually Mac does fulfill promises, not bre- like that's his MO. Right. This is the first time I guess he wants to break it. So it's the opposite of uh, what's that other episode called? Warmonger. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. It's a reverse, a reverse Mac. Reverse Mac. This email is from Brian S. Once again, again wow, we're d- doubling people up here. Double up, double up. Kind sirs, one of my all-time favorite episodes, referring to Methuselah's gift. More mythology and building this episode. More mythology building this episode. <laughs> More okay. mythology and buildings in this episode. <laughs> Mythos and Peter Wingfield shine in character and acting. How far would one go to save the love of their very long life? Mythos is cynical as he may be, let down his guard to love Alexa, even though he knew it to be short. He showed more heart and desperation than Duncan has had for his previous loves to betray friends and friendships to save his lady love. Shotgun McCloud cleaning up the streets, yowzas. As it was, Methuselah's gift is a kind of magic. May this letter not find you breathing through a tube, <laughs> Brian S. Don't worry, none of us are breathing through tubes quite yet. Not yet. Who knows, though? Unless it's a straw. That's sipping right. on that ginger ale that James A. Sent James us. A. Well, I just went to the doctor. Who knows? Maybe I'll get some results and I'll be breathing. Oh, no. Is everything okay? We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. Uh oh. Yikes. Our Patreon has a new goal, guys. (laughs) Eamon's health. Eamon's medical fund. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next episode is, oh, my God. Also from Brian S. These are, by the way, I'm reading these in order of, not the order we got them, but the order of the episode. So Mm. that's why we've started Color of Authority. We're working our way up. Working it up, baby. But apparently Brian S. has been on a kick. Also, we've not read... Oh, my God. This email's from December. We've not read reader mail since, like, December. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. It's cray-cray. December, January, February, from- March, April. Yeah. May? It's not May yet. It is May. It's May. Like, yeah. It's, it it's going to be May. <laughs> he says... Oh, this is about the Immortal Chamoli, if I did not... The Immortal Chamoli. That's right. Episode 4-17. He says, hey, guys, I'll try to be brief. This episode was an interesting one. I liked how they showed the reaction to the buzz. Not every immortal perceives or manifests it in the same way. Uh, Chamoli gets headaches. Kit sneezed. Duncan tries to do the right thing and offered his guidance to a newbie, but ends up killing a somewhat honorable man, Case, uh, who kills not for the quickening, but for a higher purpose, maybe. Chamoli not having any honor, but selfishness and dreams of wealth and fame. Trying to take Duncan's head is not the way to show appreciation for Duncan's willingness to become his mentor. Correct. Yes. You're right. That is uh, not a great way to show much of anything no. to anyone for any reason. Right. Um, in the end, Chamoli's fame was short, much like his height after meeting the king, which refers to the guy who was an Elvis impersonator. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's great. Thanks, guys. Brian S. Wonderful email, Brian. You did not mention having sex in a barn, right? Or any sort of weird erotic things that you thought we'd like to read. Yeah. I still don't think Case is, like, really an honorable villain. Yeah. To me, he's kind of shitty. <laughs> well, the thing... Well, we talked about it during yeah. the episode. that Like, the fact that he's going after, like, newbies, that's, yeah. that's like, that's real suspect. questionable. And the yeah. fact that he, like, will kill a newbie and then just be like, oh, I don't have to fight Mac. It's like, right. no. Like, you have to be consistent. Like, right. you should fight everyone that comes across your path. Yeah. That way you'd be more sympathetic. It's like, for him, it's just... I don't know. I think he's like full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank Amen. you. Here's our next reader mail. Oh, boy. Yet another Brian S. God email. damn it, Brian. <laughs> cool it. This is on These are written over months darkly. of time. Yeah. This is from December 20th. <laughs> Two days after the last one. <laughs> through a Glass Darkly. Episode 4-18. Not one of my favorites. Cochran was obviously a bit mental to begin with. 
Immortality only exacerbated his fanatical fervor. He seemed to have a knack for substituting reality with his own version of events. Max should have put him down mercifully, but instead he forces him to live with an, agnosti- uh, bleh, an obvious ailment for as long as he keeps his head, while also being a fugitive in society. A bit of foreshadowing with Duncan's reaction to Cochrane's taking his student's head. Rewatching through a glass lightly. <laughs> Brian S. Metroid, PCS, 4G, LTE, Android right. device. Thoughts, Eamon? Uh, <laughs> no, Cochran, Cochran is uh, a bit of a nut bar. <laughs> yeah, he is. And he's right. I think we talked about that, that. The fact that he's a fugitive makes him, like, with a mental condition. Very dangerous. Yeah, if he gets confronted, yeah. it's no good. Max no. should probably uh, figure out something to do. Yeah. Maybe hide him away in that uh, abbey with Ursa. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, the other people Max decided to kill instead of putting right. in that abbey. That's a very dark episode. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, the next email, oh, my God, also <laughs> comes from Brian S., you son of a... Mm. This is... Uh, th- these next, uh, I think, three uh, emails are going to be for episode 419, Double Jeopardy. Dub Jep. Dub Jep. Hello, kind sirs. Ah, you're so, I love that the, the, so the salutation is always very nice. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. That's because he's from the uk correct i don't know or no you're not from the uk that other guy the sex the other guy, guy was, from was the, UK. the sex guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a different relationship with the you know right eroticism eroticism what am i <laughs> they talking have a about? different relationship with eroticism <laughs> yeah. over there they're very erotic people that's right it's very erotic people yeah. uh that's Sherlock. how they get that royal baby oh that's right we didn't think that would come up naturally today no it kind of did kind of did <laughs> sort of sort of all right i don't know how natural that was yeah uh, hello, kind sirs. Just wanted to chime in on two episodes. Double Jeopardy was almost a mediocre episode, if not for the cameo from uh, Roland Gift as Xavier St. Cloud. Such a classy, if not swarmy villain. His student was such a waste, seeing as how he was a pale imitation of Xavier. Although I did like the dead quickening Mac if That's when he was like sleeping. Like a corpse. That was <laughs> yeah. so... I, I do not like that. That is the most unentertaining thing to watch. That was really weird. Ever. And it was just like a weird wet dream. Anyway, uh, sexual. Then, uh, Brian continues. He says, "Till death was like rewatching a Friends episode. Immortal Friends. I'll behead you." Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Fitz is Joey, of course. Duncan is Chandler, etc. The one where they try to keep Rachel and Ross together. That's very funny. Um, it was nice to see Immortals mingle together without chopping off heads. That was totally Sean Burns. Oh, I guess because we were having a hard time oh, yeah. recognizing we were like, him. What? Brian thinks it's obvious. Yeah. Well. I don't know if it was obvious, yeah. but... Eagle Eyes, Brian. Um, a little lighthearted episode before the coming darkness. As always, you three put the gentle in gentlemen. Bravo. Man, I love... Oh, thank all you, right, I've, I've turned... We've You've read four of these. The corner, yeah, these, these are yeah. really great emails. Especially yeah. the, uh, the, the compliments. The kind words. The kind words. We appreciate your email, Brian. Yeah. All but, right, Eamon. Yeah. Xavier's stooge in Double Jeopardy was a bad character. Oh, yeah. That was no good. No good. Nope. Yeah. It wasn't interesting at all. This is another... Email on Double Jeopardy from James S. Jim from Detroit. That's right. As our listeners may know. And this is on Double Jeopardy again. And Jim, we should give a shout out to, again, he's the one who has provided us with the Adrian tapes that we've been uh, releasing. Um, We've got, uh, let's see, two and a half more to go, I believe, and then we're done the Adrian tapes. But yeah, thank you again. Interesting podcast, fellas. I like this episode just fine. Not an all-time great, but it's always nice to see Xavier St. Cloud. And while this had no great moral problem, it was entertaining. As to the punk look sported by Morgan in the opening scene, I took it to be what French designers thought somebody looking to buy bling would look like. (laughs) I suspect they didn't quite understand the hip-hop look in the 1990s, and today, for all I know, 
It was quite common for popular musicians to buy diamond bling. I don't think they were punks, but that's the vibe I thought they were going for. Huh. As for why he dressed as a punk, it might act as a distraction for police. They're looking for someone who dresses like a punk rocker and not someone who dresses like the cover model of GQ magazine. Why Renee first hooked up with Duncan, remember Xavier was recruiting soldiers for his dirty work. So the army was investigating why rangers, I think, were getting hooked up. See what I did there? With Xavier. Oh, okay. Frankly, I'm glad they didn't try to tease out, is Xavier back from the dead? Like, I like Columbo, so knowing more than the detective (laughs) or immortal doesn't bother me. Your mileage may vary, and I get why this approach doesn't work for everyone. Like I said, all in all, a perfectly entertaining episode. At the end of the day, that is all I expect from a TV show. Not that I don't appreciate the better episodes with moral conundrums, but I will be perfectly happy with entertainment. Sure. Jim from Detroit. I mean, that's all we can ask, really, at the end of the day. Isn't that right? That's, that's right. I've always to said To be entertained that. by a TV show. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Gladiator! I saw The Throne from Gladiator. Game Last of weekend. Thrones? No, from Gladiator. Oh. The Throne. And you were in Los Angeles? That's right. I was Both Eamon and I were both in the City of Angels. That's right. It was pretty cool. Uh, but I was on a tour of the Paramount lot, oh. which was fun. I decided to do something touristy, and I got to see a lot of uh, like the prop warehouse. That's cool. Which was neat. And they had uh, the throne, and it's that, just made of plastic. Joaquin Phoenix sits That's right. on? Wow. Yeah. Plastic. Yeah, everything's made of plastic. Everything you think... Surely this must be made of glass. No, it's it's all plastic. Everything's Ow. plastic. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> all right. We got one more email uh, regarding Double Jeopardy, and this is from Paul H., creator Paul of H. the uh, ratings. He's kept rating track for us, which has been great. Um, he says, uh, this is a brief email, while watching Double Jeopardy, I realized that the episode had... S- uh, had the episode name and credits in the cold open. This seemed wrong, and I discovered starting with something Wiccan. Some of the episodes are like this. Any thoughts? This is a weird... Good, I didn't notice this. Good question, yeah. Paul. Like This yeah. is something we, we probably should have noticed, that sometimes the episode name is right up top. Really? Yeah, and it is weird, because when I go to like... So like, they'll watch do the, the episodes, cold open, then they'll have the credits. And then the, and episode, then the episode title, title will come up. Right. Isn't after... The credits. No, it's usually it's credits. usually it's after the credits, which yeah. I think actually makes more sense because like yeah. the, the cold open is like a mystery. It's like who knows what this episode's going to be about, right? And then you get the credits, and then you get like ah, this is you know the title gives you maybe a clue on right the theme of the episode or whatever. But yeah, having it in the cold open is weird. I wonder why they do that. That's bad. It could be maybe they leap into. I'm trying to think. I can't remember these episodes like beat for beat. Yeah. But like it could just have to do with like the action that's on the screen. Like if they want to jump into something that's like a lot of dialogue or whatever, like credits can be distracting. Right. Like so sometimes when you watch shows or movies, like credits will go over like a lot of establishing shots. Like usually it's a little slower paced. So maybe that's why it's in the cold open as opposed to the show proper. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you like it? I don't I don't know if I care. I, don't, I think I, do. I don't like it. I don't, don't like seeing the episode title before the credits. Yeah. It should uh, be after. I agree. Yeah. 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 All right. Decision made. Yeah. We're on board, Paul. Yeah. We're gonna write Davis Panzer. We're gonna see if we can get those moved. Yeah. We're hey. going we're going back. That's right. We're yeah. gonna any any upcoming releases they might have. We'll see yeah. if they can uh, change out the credits. Yeah, you need to change that. That's weird. <laughs> Amen. Here hey, we go. We're on episode 4-20. After we finish season 4... Hashtag 420. That's right. Maybe we'll do a, a snack tasting after this season. Yeah, yeah. Rick P. Oh, this is on Till Death. Hey, guys. The ending to this episode has always bugged me. How did Gina go from, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch, 
That's how it's written. Son of a bitch. I'm going to kill that son of a <laughs> bitch. To, hey, let's goof on Duncan. In what seems like minutes? Back in the day when I first saw this episode, I walked away thinking that Mythos really knew them all along. And the whole episode was just a prank on Duncan. But re-watching it, <laughs> that doesn't seem to make sense. Why would Gina and Mythos have that exchange in the barge if no one was watching? My only guess is that Mythos beat her in the fight and managed to explain to her what was going on. Any thoughts? Keep up the good work. Rick P. Uh, interesting. I don't know. It takes a long time to, to drive from one place to the other. That's true. It looks like they were in some chateau. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be a good... I would say up to an hour away. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't think it was minutes. Yeah. But maybe Mathos did best her. Mathos? Maybe Mathos. Maybe Mathos. Maybe Mathos. Yeah, it is a little bit of a, a turn. But it's a funny episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, I, I, I do feel that way. Like, you can forgive a lot in the funny yeah. episodes because it's all in service of comedy. I mean, in an upcoming episode or in a past episode, depending on when we release this, like, characters like Looney Tunes explode. Oh, <laughs> this will be after that episode. So, yes. Yeah. They Looney Tunes explode. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense in the context of this universe. Yeah. Although, you know, well, we've talked about that before, about, like, exploding or people that fall from very high heights. Like, yeah. They must really you die. Because like, splat. Because they splat. Like, yeah. I don't know. But we'll get into that later. But, yeah, I think you're supposed to maybe overlook that a little yeah. bit because this is, like, a, a funny one. Right. You know what's weird? I was just thinking about my own personal thing because I'm like, oh, I, I forgive stuff like that in comedies. Like, yeah. The other thing is, though, we pick apart everything on this shit. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Nothing. We try to let nothing escape us. And yeah. nothing goes like we can't just kind of, oh, that's fine. It's for TV. Right. But it's weird that I do it with comedy. But I don't like I never say like it's in service of the drama. So it's OK. Right. Because some stuff is 100 percent that way. Like characters will do things or there'll be specific lines said that are just they're just like punchy lines. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. What do you really mean? But I don't let that go. Right. For, because it's a drama. But I should just say, oh, it's in service of the drama, and I understand it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should be more lenient. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> Very good. All right. Last one on Till Death. This comes from Mark. And Mark writes this. Actually, this is Mark. And uh, I, I don't think we've actually read any of his emails on air. Oh, uh, right. Because I think since he started listening, <laughs> we have not done a reader mail episode. Right. So we've got a couple from him coming up. Uh, but he writes us, this is fun, he writes us three things for every episode. These are his three thoughts. Mark is a bit of a David Letterman-like character. That's right. Making a list. Yeah. All right. He has a Netflix show where he interviewed President Barack Obama, <laughs> Hawaii, Kenya. See, I don't, we've mentioned Hawaii, Kenya on this before. I don't think we've mentioned why we say Hawaii, Kenya. I was nope. on, I have a relative who's a <laughs> terrible racist, terrible person. They're awful in every way, shape, or form. Uh, every way? Maybe, yeah, mm. at this point. Anyway, she posts a lot of terrible, ooh, she, clue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a clue. Find out who it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, but she posts all these awful, awful things. But one of the things she posted was about... How Obama is not like a citizen, blah blah blah. Anyway, one of the comments in this like, she wrote thread these she posted, true things. <laughs> one of the comments was that that he wasn't even born in America; he was born in Hawaii, Kenya. Oh, and this was not said as like a this was not a troll messing with people. This was a real comment. Hawaii, Kenya. God damn it! So anyway, is Hawaii a city in Kenya? Apparently, maybe they have one. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't that be weird if there was one? I was totally that would wrong. be weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's where from Obama's from. That's what it's yeah, known for. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Mark ends three things about Till Death. 
Till Death constantly rates as one of Highlander's best, and you guys did a great job examining oh, what makes it you. so funny. Of course. We uh, did. We did. Thank you. Um, Highlander gets very dark at times, and this episode goes a long way to show that it's not all about decapitations and the psychological horror of watching everyone you love age and die. My three things for this episode. One. You would not be the only one missing Sean Burns in this episode. The entire scene featuring him and the other immortal Caroline was excised from the North American version of the show, i.e. the Euro Minutes. He was still in the credits, but it was only after buying the DVDs in the 90s did many of us finally see him in the flesh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like, Especially something like that where there's like... The guest star only appears in the flashback. Like, I imagine if you watched that show in the 90s, like you'd be like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. Or you would just think it was a mistake. Like, what, Sean Burns? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly thought it was a mistake, yeah. and I watched him in the episode. I was like, that wasn't him. Well, I just physically didn't recognize him in the episode. No. I was like, am I supposed to know who this is? Nope. Had no idea. And then, oh, it's Whoops. Sean Burns, that wasted character. from. <laughs> uh, number two. Also, his lines and minor characterization were apparently meant for another immortal. Ah, that's right. Ooh, Nigel Terry. Nigel Who Terry. played Gabriel Piton. In the eye of the beholder, uh, he was asked to reprise his role for this flashback, was but was unavailable. Actually, he, he says, "I forgot this." He said, "You actually covered this in an episode of a podcast called Highlander Rewatch, which you may want to look up." I forgot we actually mentioned this. Uh, so do I. But that actually makes even more sense that he'd be there because, like, it's it's all about like relationship stuff, right. and it's like a much more lighthearted flashback. Like Gabriel Paton would be a good, yeah. Uh, which actually, that would be a great. That's a good like get. get a good callback. Yeah, yeah, and way more recognizable than Sean Burns, who we watched and we're like, don't know who that is, yeah. nameless character. Um, if you imagine Patone saying Burns' lines about his uh, possessive attitude to Caroline, the whole scene makes more sense and is slightly more creepy, given what we know about Patone and his ultimate fate. Nadia Cameron was similarly asked to be in the flashback, was also not available. Number three, at the beginning of the scene with Duncan and Gina in his car driving to the faux battle with Robert and Adam. You can see the car's reflection in the shop windows of the street beyond and can see a lighting rig mounted on the front of the car. Between this and the slight incline of the car's interior compared to everything outside, it's pretty obvious that they're being towed while filming the scene. Huh. Yeah, how That's about that? Funny. That is funny. They always tow cars in movies. It's yeah. very rare that anyone is actually driving a car. So there we go. Till death. Thank Til you. Death. We're plugging along, Eamon, I guess. Plugging along. How you doing? You I'm good. That? Yeah. How was L.A.? Uh, it was good. You had a good time? Yeah. All right. It was there very short, but it was good. This is on episode 421, Judgment Day. And this is from Mark as well. Yeah. Mark's three things on Judgment Day. Thing number one. Oh, it's like a Dr. Seuss thing. Thing number one. Thing number two. Thing number three. The new Watcher headquarters in Lyon is the same stock footage from Kristen Giles Chateau. Which was in Normandy in 1660. Who's Kristen? I don't remember this character. Me neither. <laughs> oh, boy. We're the hosts of a show That's about right. this TV Obviously, show. the Watchers, having taken over said chateau in the interim, had moved the whole thing from the northwest coast to the southeast coast of France, brick by brick, <laughs> and landscaped the whole place to look exactly as it did 333 years previously. It was then combined with the landscaping from the previous Watchers headquarters okay. because the footage of the <laughs> okay. cloud driving up okay. to the scene of the climactic bloodbath, 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 were lifted from Finale Part Two, including passing by the same bridge and abandoned car. Whatever. Well, yeah, the whatever. voice exactly. of it's Andrea a TV show, Hansen, the Watcher of si- We really appreciate this email, Mark. <laughs> 
All kidding aside, the voice of Andrea Henson, the watcher of Simon Killian, is redubbed by a completely different actor than the one who redubbed her in the previous episode. Okay. With a whole different American accent. To boot, this was probably done to avoid paying the voice actor any more than the pittance they already had. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's true. You throw some shade on the producers of Highlander, Mark. Right. As originally aired in North America, this is thing number three. This is actually <laughs> the season four finale. That's right. When they trimmed the season to 20 episodes from 22. Yeah, yeah, we know. We, we, we did an episode on it. We're they good. moved this episode oh, okay, and okay. Double Jeopardy okay. to season five as the premiere. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. I forget I get kind of a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. How do I get? My attitude changes on these episodes for some reason. Yeah, you get a little... Uh, a little snippy? A little snippy. A little snippy? Yeah, oh, we wait, know. here's something. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, here's something. This left a lot of people to speculate what the deal was with Galati and Shapiro over the summer because it left on a cliffhanger. Right. Did Shapiro leave just in time to avoid getting mowed down on purpose? Mm. We had a lot of theories for a couple of months, and boy, were we let down when we came uh, back. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is funny. Uh, and then he has a little postscript. Hey, a guys. PS? Continuing gratitude for every episode you publish. Now that I've caught up, I find myself writing down notes as I listen to and reminisce for every episode as I rewatch them along with you. Hey! Most of them cover ground you guys already do so excellently. Ah, uh, see, here's the ex- explanation. But for those production-related blooper or behind-the-scenes things I remember, I thought I would send them down to you as well as post them on the Facebook page. So if you follow us on Facebook, you might be able to to catch some of these. Yeah, totally. Uh, If nothing else, I think they'd provide fodder for more... My fodder for future (laughs) mailbag episodes or at least something to go, hmm, about while taping your future editions. I've already posted some fun stuff for the Immortal Kamoli, Chamoli, and <laughs> Double Jeopardy. Here we go for it. Till death. And I hope you continue in this fashion as long as you'll have me do so. Cheers. Wow. Bing. Ding. Bum. Sometimes you want to go. Hey, speaking of cheers. Cheers. I think we have some more. Yep. I just threw these emails on the ground. We're going to record this kind of loosey-goosey today. I'm barely speaking into the microphone. Speaking of cheers, uh, cheers to Frazier, to Roz. We, we got to see Roz uh, in person in That's L.A. Right. How about that? Perry Gilpin. That's right. She was very nice. She's very nice. She's in a play in New Hampshire this summer. Check oh. her out if you're in New Hampshire. Right? I think so. I think so, too. <laughs> New Hampshire. All right. So we, we still have more Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Reader mail. This is from Paul H. Paul H. is back. He says, whew. There's a lot to unpack for these. First off, another great job on the podcast. Thank you, I, lo- I love it. So nice. Yeah, so so nice. Did he move? What? Why is he unpacking? Oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't checking there. Uh, I clear... I, I clear... <laughs> it's early, people. This is the first episode of recording today. It's not It's not even that early, is nope. it? It's almost <laughs> noon. All right, I clearly... I clear... <laughs> I clearly remember being left jaw hanging open when Judgment Day ended that night. Everyone, including Joe, shot. Remember, we didn't know if Joe would live or die. We probably didn't even know if Highlander... Highlander... I'm having some diction problems, guys. (laughs) ...would return for a fifth season when this aired. Imagine if that was the last episode Judge just died. That would suck. That would suck so much. Um, We probably didn't even know if uh, Highlander returned for a fifth season when this aired. I remember thinking at the time these episodes seemed to hit a high note being really good. Oh, high note. (laughs) in the title highlander there there was a lot going on and a lot of conflict involved judgment day had a great core concept 
all the times Joe has knowingly broken the watcher rules is finally coming back to haunt him. Judgment Day also had a good court concept. It did have a court concept, a mm-hmm. core and a court concept. That's right. Mm-hmm. You guys probably have commented that Joe often breaks the rules. No, never. Um, but there never seems to be any consequences, so here it is. Some of the beats in the episode are not perfect, but the idea is solid. I agree. I think yeah. the concept is like, the idea that they address that idea. in such like a dramatic way is great. Yeah. Um, although not well-defined, I like the view of the Watchers of this worldwide organization with a hierarchy of command, unlimited resources due to wise investments over the centuries. Oh, huh, I never thought about that. That they've existed for so long that they've probably amassed a bunch of wealth. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good idea. Um, and families who believe in the cause willing to help fund the group, or both. I feel like when you join the Watchers, you basically have agreed that if you're ever found guilty of betraying your oath, your life is forfeit. I don't know about that. Ugh. That seemed to be a... That's dark. That is dark. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I don't see like the Watchers as, I mean, this is literally presented to me, so I should see it that way. But I just don't see them as this like shadowy, like Illuminati, no type. Like them being able to execute people without legal recourse seems like a bridge too far. A little bit to me. Yeah, but I get whatever. It. It's done for drama. Drama. That, yeah. Well, drama. and that is like what they are. So I just need to accept it. Right. <laughs> there was an episode where it happened. Yeah. Right. Deep state, man. Uh, deep state pizza. I almost asked, is that a thing? No, it isn't, obviously. You get your toppings on the outright side of the pizza. That's right. Mm. Secrecy and loyalty is of the utmost importance. I agree that it seems strange that a show so often goes to the damsel in distress with the male character rescuing slash avenging the female character. It is a plot device to give the male character motivation. This is true. This is called fridging. Um, that's usually when they die. Could you apply? Is there a term for the damsel? In, I mean, it's damsel in distress, but yeah. they're related in the sense that it just is something to provide motivation for the, char- right. the male character. Yeah. Interesting, huh? But it, uh, but I guess damsel in distress is its own sort of trope. Right. Anyway, uh, it could easily be the female character with the motiva- motivation. Uh, we were so close-minded in the 90s <laughs> that we couldn't picture Irina being the vengeful killer of the Watchers avenging Jacob, Jacob's death. That was your, was that your idea? Uh, I think it was Kyle's. Or Kyle's idea. Yeah. There are other strong female characters on the show like amanda so it shouldn't have been such a stretch keep up the good work fellas paul h thank you thank paul. you paul all right another judgment day one another judgment day this is from dna judgment day dna dna, DNA. DNA. greetings rewatchers i've been a loyal listener since the beginning and i want to thank you for rekindling my interest in highlander <laughs> in regards to the episode covering judgment day when Joe asked for a jury of his peers, I think it would have been a great callback to have the Watcher poker buddies from They Also Serve. That's a great idea. Hey. As part of the <laughs> jury. That's a good call. They should have did that. Yeah. Instead of these no-name whatevers that don't speak. That were supposed to be his peers. and yeah. clearly weren't. Especially if there was testimony from one of them saying how much he sings Max praises in a total bromance way. Yeah. And perhaps one of them saying how they lost their immortal due to Rita's interference with the Oedipus wannabe Michael Christian. <laughs> Joe and Mac did a poor job defending their actions. They sure did. There were so many examples of positive interference that they could have used. Plus, they really didn't get into Horton and Xavier skewing the rules of the game in Unholy Alliance. I guess they show writers. I think he means, I guess, the show writers. Didn't want to make that much of the episode a clip montage. Also, if Mythos knew about the Watchers for centuries, do you think he has been part of them for that long? Perhaps rejoining every 50 years to keep tabs on fellow immortals, then fading away and faking his death? Huh. Anyways. Anyway. Looking forward to your in-depth coverage of in-depth. Endgame. Coming up. 
we are not going to be talking about Endgame for quite some time. A little bit. Yeah. So uh, for anyone that uh, either forgets, because it's honestly been years since we've talked about it, the order of episodes is going to be, well, we're doing the seasons, obviously. Between every season, we're going to do a movie. Uh, but the problem is, is that Endgame takes place after the series. So we don't want to do that one after five because it doesn't make sense in, right. in a way. I mean, I guess you could. But I mean, I we think could, but it, it would be kind of weird. It would be weird. So we're going to hold off for this uh, Endgame and the source to come after season six. Right. So what are we going to do in between season five and six? I have no idea. It's TBD. J each other off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, there's a couple options on the table, which are things like... Um, there's the books. There's books. There's the cartoon. There's the, the cartoon, raven. There's the raven. Um, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure what the we're going to tackle. Yeah, the audio. The audio books, I thought, might be a, a cool one to do. Yeah. Uh, they're fairly short. We could knock them out. So it's not like we're going to take a whole season off or something right. uh, before we jump into the next season. But yeah, there's, mm. there's, of course, lots of stuff. And then there was that reunion special they did. Oh, which was like an internet video ex- yeah it was like a video but that again is, is ap sp- not even in that he's not it's mm. i think it's uh, adrian paul for those of you right. who might not know who that is uh i believe it is joe amanda and mythos of the sword experience <laughs> maybe you've heard of it okay okay a little ad for sword xp sword xp this email was from dan from prescott valley arizona all right arizona born in arizona wait born in babylonia king tut you know that song? I don't know. Steve I don't Martin. know that song. King Tut. Oh, I know that. I, I was like that. I was like, oh, that comedy song. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that song? But it's born in Babylonia, then something Arizona. I, I don't think. remember. Funky Tut. Huh. Steve Martin. He's funny. He is funny. He's, he's a genius, actually. He's funny. Yeah, he's, he's good. How about him? It's funny to just say about Steve Martin. He's funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> But he is. He's like, ah, uh, goddamn yes, it. He's, he's a great. genius. Fuck. No, he's very smart. Whatever. He plays the banjo. It's true. Captain Obvious. All right. Next <laughs> one from James S. Oh, he's back. We haven't heard from you in five minutes. Um, James. Just kidding, James. Um, Jim from Detroit. That's right. Uh, uh-oh. This is about Judgment Day again. Have to disagree with the downers on this episode. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The way you guys kept mentioning the name Charlie got me thinking about Joe's biggest oath violation, the defense of Andrew Cord. If Joe had not interfered, Mac would have killed Cord and Charlie would have stayed alive. Now that I write that down, I realize it's the writers and producers of the show that should put that bit in. Then Joe's death sentence, or the discussion of whether to kill him, would have had more real meat to the bone. Now I do see not mentioning it as a weak point. I suspect the goal of the plot was to have Joe be innocent of any real crime. But by having Jacob killing the Watchers and the Council not knowing about it, there is room for a mystery. But Joe's interference really does have a body count, and that victim isn't mentioned. I just think I convinced myself to take down the rating by half a star. But I do agree with the point that lesser shows would not have gone to this place. I like that while you're writing this, you're coming more onto our side, it would yeah. seem. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree with what you said. Oops. <laughs> As I'm typing this, maybe it wasn't so great. Uh, anyway, um, it says, It's one thing to defend going after evil immortals, but it's another to have played a role in the death of a mortal. And I think we can agree that Joe has played a part in Charlie's death. If that had been mentioned, it would have made the show better. Yeah. Um, I think that they don't give us a written description of the Watcher's organization chart. It saves us from being bogged down in the trivia. I, yeah, that's, that probably makes sense. It's stuff that we really don't need to know about, but we think about it. I, I still think it's too vague. I have no sense of how this organization operates like, yeah, at all. Because you know what? I don't think they needed to give us too much, but I think there's like some weird lines. Like when they're like, oh, this is a jury of your peers, the regional guy from South Africa. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, like these what? are your peers? Like yeah. they could have just said these are other watchers. 
And yeah. we would have been like, oh, okay, they're just guys on the street like Joe. Yeah. But they just, added a weird line yeah. to make us question, like, well, then what's Joe's position? Right. Just mm. a little something. And then, like, that they something. have the ability to execute you. I'm <laughs> yes, just like, yes. what? <laughs> oh, just look at any Star Trek online debate. No, thanks. Uh, <laughs> people will quote something from a Star Trek episode that was broadcast 50 years ago to complain about a plot line. Not... Having everything defined so clearly gives the producers room to maneuver. That is true. That's very Leaving true. it vague is usually better. Yeah. Um, it's enough that we know the Watchers exist and that they have an organization. Sure. Um, I also disagree that Duncan quoting following the rules as allowing evil to flourish. As he pointed out in Xavier St. Cloud's first appearance, when Darius couldn't violate the rules of confession, courts let guilty people go free, at, uh, free all the time. Should we get rid of the courts? Uh... uh I don't know if I'm tracking this. Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. Get rid of the Trump court. wants to get rid of the courts. Who? What? <laughs> uh, you guys pointed out correctly that many episodes have re- revolved around Duncan's concern about honor. But then it could be said that Duncan wanted Joe to live so that it colored his perceptive. What? I think there's some type of colored his perception. And we are not meant to take his argument as the final word. Hmm. All right. So I generally like this episode. As you said, it's got strong ideas. The disagreement is about execution. I think they did it better than you guys say. But my own argument has shown me that it could have done better. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I remember, I can't remember what I gave this episode. I remember liking it more than you guys did. Like, you guys hated the dark quality of it. Like, I thought, I kind of dug that it was, like, in a basement. Like, there were things I liked about it, execution-wise. I did not like that it was dark. I thought, like, the... I feel like the film grain was like wrong. <laughs> like I thought they made a mistake. Oh, well, I think it was because so it was so grainy. dark. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. This is from Vince S on Judgment Day. All right. Hey, chums, finished rewatching the episode Judgment Day again in prep for your course study on it. Have to say, I didn't remember this episode being this bad. Oh, no. It had a good concept of the Watchers finally taking some action on Joe and is breaking the Watchers' rules accordingly. But I didn't think it was carried out well. Death penalty? Really? (laughs) As for Joe getting the call to come to Paris because Mac was dead, that was hilarious. Isn't he Mac's Watcher? Shouldn't he be in Paris watching? Why didn't they just call him and tell him to come to Paris for a meeting? And half of the episode was flashbacks. Darius! Darius! (laughs) And what was up with the Toys R Us room they were put in? Yeah. Later, guys, and be most excellent. Yeah. Vince S. Surf's up, man. Thanks, Vince. Party on, Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Those are all good points. There's Very a lot points. of flashbacks in that episode. Mm-hmm. The baby room was weird. The baby room is a strong choice. A lot of weird stuff. A lot of weird stuff. Weird stuff. Okay, everybody. We are on the last episode of season four. Uh, we got two emails relating to episode four dash twenty two. One minute to midnight. This is from Mark N. This is Mark's three things. Number one, Elena Gelati was played by an Italian actress, but was voiced over by Canadian voice actor Janice Jowd, the latest of several secondary or background characters she would dub. I feel like I have seen that name on IMDb. Maybe not, though. This would not be the last time we hear her as an immortal. She would go on to voice the character of uh, Kiala in Highlander Search for Vengeance. That's why I know her name. In case you haven't yet rewatched this one yet, I hope you can bring it up on your podcast. Uh, We did already. We did four episodes. Oh, boy. By the way, this episode or this email is from February 13th. We are so behind on this reader mail. We are. Listener, 
Listener mail. That's right. Reader mail. Sure. Number two. Speaking of dubbing, Shapira's voice would be dubbed over for exactly one line. The line is, well, there isn't. Now you can stay or you can go. Just before he beheads Jacob Chalati. Or Galati. Whatever. Probably because they edited it back in Vancouver and the original actor wasn't available to redub a clip with bad sound. Ah. Interesting. The actor who covered his voice is Gary Chalk, uh, who is Lemoyne from this first season episode, Innocent Man. Who's Lemoyne? Lemoyne. Innocent, Innocent Man. Man. I don't know either. One of the truckers? That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time ago. It's not Sheriff Bad Guy, is it? Did he have a name? In credit only? Ugh. Ugh. Maybe. All right. We'll Lemoyne. take your word for it, Mark. <laughs> um, so he dubbed that in Innocent Man, plus the voice of Optimus Prime, Ooh. Primal, and a zillion other characters in animated shows. It's the guy in the bar. I'm 100% yes. sure of this because I remember we talked about him yeah. during that scene and said he has like something like 400 IMDb credits. Yeah. And it's because he's all this shit. Very cool. Optimus Primal, the the The, the gorilla? Transformer. That toy is awesome. Mm. It's heavy. <laughs> Heavy. I saw Optimus Prime. The robot? I met him. That was, oh, oh I should have done Celebrity Sighting. Yeah. Celebrity Sighting, Optimus Prime. He was in truck form. Really? Yes. Wow. C- completely plastic. Did he say hello? No, he was silent. I saw Bumblebee uh, as well. Bumblebee. This was in the Paramount. Where, uh, the Is this the prop Transformers warehouse. Bumblebee or the Bumblebee Bumblebee? What's the Bumblebee? Oh. From the movie Bumblebee. Is it, does he look a little different? I guess he, he does. does. Yeah, he's a different car, isn't he? Yeah. No, this was the uh, from the uh, new set of, or no, the old set of Transformers movies. Michael Bay? It's still Michael Bay. There was a Michael Bay Avenue on the Paramount lot. He's made hit them a lot of money. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> okay, number three. As the reused footage arama continues, the fire from the battle between Mac and Kenwolf is shown igniting things when Irina is killed. Ah, interesting. Hmm. Um, and the exploding door from the 50s flashback of Something Wicked finds its way into Jacob's quickening scene. Interesting. Good call. Good pull on those things. That is a good... Uh, out. That is, that is a good... good uh, all right, one more for this season, Mr. Eamon. Mario as a party. This is from Mario as a party? Yeah, this is from him. Mm. This is from Lisa F. Lisa Howard. Lisa Howard. Dr. Ann Lindsay. That's right. Hey, guys, love your commentary on this two-parter. In terms of fridging Irina, what bothers me most is that she's an immortal. Even if Jacob usually protects her, how does she not have a sword in case she meets an immortal when she he's not around? Why doesn't she fight back, considering that unlike a mortal woman, she has no reason to fear they'll kill her if she resists? Not to mention, anyone would be out for blood if their partner was assaulted. This episode would have worked much better if we'd had some other less personal incident to show Jacob is a hot-headed and vengeful. Is a hot-headed and vengeful. <laughs> I added that A. And Arena and Mac are, are unable to calm him down together, which would make it clear how much more enraged he'd be about any harm coming to Arena. And how much harder it would be for Mac to get through to him without her. Ugh, what a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do love... Oh, boy. When you write these in, people, maybe little <laughs> little proofreading. No, it's fine. Okay. Although I do love your idea of making her the villain instead of Jacob. That would have been a great twist. Eamon, we are now done. Season four. Uh, we do have some end of season emails to read, but we can do a little snack taste test if you want. Yeah. All right, cool. We're about to dive into it. You might have seen the video on Facebook. Well, I guess it's also mentioned on the top of this episode. Yeah. Uh, Grippo's Barbecue flavored potato chips. Ooh. They've been around for 150 years. Wait, have they been around for 150 years, or is it the Red Sox that have been around for 150 years? I think they have, right? I have no idea. No. The Red Sox have been around for 150 years. 
Grippos has been around since 1919. Hmm. I guess we read a lot of this uh, before, but these chips do contain silicon dioxide, which I'm very looking forward to. You guys like the crunching? Crackle, crackle. These smell good. They smell like barbecue chips. Mm. It's like a couple. Here you go, Eamon. So these are from the Kentucky area. I didn't see where they were made. These are made in Cincinnati, Ohio, because I guess he's from Kentucky slash Cincinnati area. Oh, okay. Pretty good. They're light. They're actually kind of light on the barbecue flavor. They're sweet. These are quite sweet. Yeah. They're good. Very good. Does Grippos make other flavors? I'd have to imagine. Right? I would hope so. They can't just be all barbecue all the time. Grippo. What's your favorite chip, Eamon? Let's get to know a rewatcher. I like boring hers chips. Plain, like just plain? hers chips. Yep. Do you like crinkle cut? Do you like kettle cooked? I like kettle cooked. I like lattice. Um, you know, sometimes I just want a plain her. You if know. you have a plain chip, do you dip it? I don't like dip. You don't like dip? No. No sour cream? No. I love a little sour cream with horseradish, a little mm. onion. Mm, now we're talking. That is good. I like barbecue chips. Sour yeah. cream and onion might be my, my favorite chip. They are good. I like all chips, but I'm just like a plain, plain person. All right. It's like a plain chip. Those are fun. Yeah, they're good. They're quite sweet. And a little spicy kick at the end. They are a little spicy, aren't they? Would you like any more, Eamon, before we read more emails? No, I'm good. All right, you're good. But they're very good. I'd recommend a Grippo. I'd recommend a Grippo. They make those lighters, right? Grippo lighters? Yeah, a Grippo lighter. All right, so we got some end-of-the-season miscellaneous sort of emails here, right? This one is from Teresa S. She says, Hi, guys. I've been binging the regular season episode podcast and have finally caught up. Good for you. I will have to go back and listen to the extras and movie shows now. You've been doing a great job of being irrelevant. Irreverent? <laughs> that's, that's the word. Irreverent, not irrelevant. We're completely irrelevant. Yeah. Oh, man. While still displaying your obvious love of the show. Thanks. Thank you. She says, Some thoughts. Being a bit older than you guys, I'm very pleased to see you pointing out all the misogyny, which was uh, pretty prevalent in almost everything at the time. Good. We've gotten some emails that uh, don't appreciate that in the past. That's right. That have thought were, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, they don't like gender Cucks. politics. Yes, we're <laughs> cut libs. All right, whatever. Anyway, well, we're glad you appreciate it, and we hope other people do, too. It really shows how much of uh, much we as a society have changed, that these scenes are making you guys uncomfortable. I was in high school in 86 when the movie came out and watched the show as it aired and thought nothing of it at the time. I honestly don't watch much modern TV, but I would hope that the same mistakes are not being made. Uh, of course, the Bechtel test is still relevant, so I guess not. Hey, somebody complained about the Bechtel test that we did once on Highlander the movie. That's right. They thought that was bullshit. Go fuck yourself. Anyway, um, in the flashbacks, not you, uh, Teresa, the, the person that wrote us the angry email. Yes. In the flashbacks, you can dismiss this behavior as just the way it was back then, but the comment using these tropes is just lazy writing is very on point. All right. In the early 2000s, my husband bought me all the seasons on VHF, which came with many of the cheaper catalog items as a bonus. I would have to dig around, but I, if I find any of them, I'll pass them on or at least post some pics on the Facebook page. Hey, awesome. That'd be great. Uh, write us an email if you want to mail them to us, and we will give you the address. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do an unboxing video. Um, I do know that I have two of the travel mugs with the images nearly worn off. Um, I actually use them. Cool. Um, and a baseball cap that says Joe's. Very cool. As well as some Celtic pendants and hair ties. Hey, I have those, some of those hair ties, too. I feel like I might actually have a windbreaker at some point. Whoa. Um, I'll have to do some digging and think I have production stills, too. As with most of these kind of podcasts, I think you're not free enough with handing out five stars. Ooh. Ooh. You can't be waiting for the perfect episode. I don't think that can exist. I would give Till Death five stars, personally. When I rewatch episodes that are in invariably fits or mythos driven, and here we have both. It's a shame we never got to see them meet. They probably would have hated each other. Looking forward to season five. 
That's right. They probably would have hated each other. That would have been very funny to see them. Yeah. But yeah, also, uh, interesting point about five stars. Um, I think this season you might notice some more. I think I've actually taken this to heart and thought, I'll dole them out a little more. Yeah, I, sh- I should have given more episodes five stars because I don't know if I ever have given a five star. You might not have. You give four four stars to episodes you hate. So. Yeah. Yeah. Four stars to episodes <laughs> There's a I hate. a small window yeah. between four stars and a perfect episode for you. That's true. But thank you very much, yeah. Terry. This episode is from old favorite Wendy P. Mm-hmm. Is she going to shit on me this email? <laughs> we'll see. All right. Hey, rewatchers. As we know, the Watcher's Oath is observe and record, but never interfere. Yet in Methuselah's gift, Stern's first response to learning that Adam Pearson is immortal is to behead him. No one, Stern, Methus... No one, Stern, Mythos, or Giger, tried to talk him out of it on the grounds that taking Adam's head would be direct interference. They did bring up interference, but only in regards to the stone itself being in play and an immortal possession. That's odd, isn't it? That their concern wasn't the removal of an immortal, but the potential ability of an immortal to become irremovable. Hmm. In Judgment Day and One Minute to Midnight, we again see this incredibly extreme response. Kill Joe, kill Drunken, Junkin? <laughs> kill Joe, kill Duncan, kill Galati. Admittedly, Jack's claim was that Joe needed to die because he was the one interfering. And admittedly, Joe is certainly guilty of interfering. So Jack's accusation isn't entirely wrong, even if his response is rather excessive. And Galati had his own serial murder streak to answer for. So it doesn't make sense that the Watchers might want to kill him back. But why did they suddenly become so adamant about killing Duncan? Wouldn't that be interference? You guys mentioned how odd it was that no one brought up Horton, even though Horton made a flashback appearance, making it so he can't plead. The writers must have forgotten about him. I thought they did mention him. Uh, Yeah, it was like a throwaway. Yeah. Perhaps this wasn't a mistake or glaring oversight. Perhaps it was a sign of how important he was to the Watchers. Or in this case, wasn't? Hmm. What if the Hunters weren't a fringe faction of the Watchers, but instead had become the winners in a culture divide that the Watchers had been going through for some time? That is, the Hunters and their ethos and mission had become the norm in the Watchers. Horton wasn't an aberration. He was just one division leader, one who happened to be on the right side, and therefore was largely inconsequential for the current discussion. Also, he was killed by Joe and Duncan, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Hmm? Wendy, I think that's a great idea, honestly. Yeah. Like, the idea that, like, the Watchers are going through a divide on a philosophical level. Yeah. Led by Horn. That's pretty cool. That is a good idea. Um, what if Galati wasn't wrong in his assessment of the Watchers, and he wasn't just enacting an overblown revenge scheme that targeted innocent stalkers who happened to have the same tattoo as Horton's group? Yeah. So the argument is maybe Joe, in this iteration of the option of the Watchers, was the aberration. That's yeah. an interesting point. I like that that makes that like the whole problem seem like a little bit more deep-rooted. Like, it's not just joe doing something bad but that like horton's influence has spread yeah, yeah. it's good yeah very good, good. Thought, wendy good job wendy keith in english when oh, it comes before an Chris a is gonna show o or you the default is to pronounce it as a hard g yeah well here's a hard f-, f u wendy <laughs> Hello. Hello. thank you wendy yes thank you for your mostly good email for your mostly good email <laughs> we got two here for the search for vengeance uh-oh we got one only for- two only two i can't believe that for a four episode series on the search for vengeance i think we got a lot of facebook uh, messages about that one but like yeah. i can't deal with that shit guys yeah. write us an email anyway um this is from david g david g fan of the show 
other person that has a feud with me, apparently. Uh, Redubbers, he says, great job once again. Consider me envious as I only saw the U.S. version of this anime. But second best, you say? Are you tipping your hands for the full Highlander movie library, or do you mean the second best thus far? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The source is number one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can pretty safely say without... Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the yeah. second best, and you, yeah. you know the next two coming aren't right. really stacking up, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that you, David. I mean, like, you as the listener, you know, the next two are going to be a little rocky. Yeah, they're going to be rough. Like the Karate Kid, a little rocky. Um, would you say this McLeod is more fully realized character than Connor? Mm. Thoughts, Eamon? I don't know. I might say yes. Like, he seems to have a little bit more motivation, at least. Yeah. Like, we know why he's doing certain things, where Connor was just, like, a guy. Like, I never got why he was apathetic. Like, he seemed to just be, like, schlubbing around. Like, yeah. he wasn't, like, an active participant or anything. Like, very much reluctant hero. Just wanted to live. But there's no reason for that, necessarily, right? Well, I mean, it, him lo- losing his lifelong love. Love, yeah, yeah. sure. That can, I mean, uh, that, I think that's what we were supposed to glean. Right. I think you can read into it. I think it's yeah. a little more explicit in The Search for Vengeance. Yeah. The Search for Vengeance, he definitely has a clear-cut motivation. Right. But he's a little bit more of a flawed character. Totally. He says, keep in mind we've had four Connor appearances thus far, counting his appearance in the pilot. Uh, Do you think adult animation would be a better medium for Highlander? I actually do. Discuss. All right. Don't appreciate the order, but (laughs) yeah, discuss. Discuss. Yeah, I think it could be a good format for it. Yeah. I mean, especially Uh, because like with animation, you could do or go go anywhere. anywhere. It's like we can be in Paris for 30 seconds and then right. we can just end up in antarctica i mean like you can go anywhere it's great yeah, yeah it's, it's well suited for this story yeah and actors don't age in animation which is that's, nice too yeah, so everyone can point. really you know stay on point yeah let's do it highlander animated series you and david can animate it yeah it would be garbage <laughs> that's right we'll, we'll lose david this is another uh, sorry. It, would, it would still be garbage <laughs> Uh, this is another Wendy P. email. Oh. Hey, rewatchers. First, thank you guys for saving me from any desire to watch this movie. Wait. No. It's, it's good. It's good. It is good. Uh, it sounds like a perfect storm of everything I try to ignore and that collection of media we call the canon. Second, consider for a moment that Amergan's terrible name isn't a folkloric reference, but is instead the production of that tool of lazy or desperate fantasy writers. This is good. The anagram generator. Anagram. Anagram. <laughs> Amergan is an anagram of manager. Say that five times Whoa. fast. Amergan is a... I failed already. Yep. Anagram is an anagram of manager. I wonder. Yeah. Is that just a chance, like a happenstance? Or do you really think manager? I, ho- I hope it's a happenstance. Manager? Yeah. That's bad. That is bad. Nice pull, Wendy, though. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's fun. All right. We got another kind of miscellaneous email here. Oh, we got a whole stack of miscellaneous shit. This is from Rick H. I thought this was really funny. He just said he found a letter proving that he has a limited edition season five VHS collection. This VHS set from the catalog came with a certificate of authenticity, which has a picture of Duncan McLeod on it. And it says in like Celtic writing, it says the producers of Highlander hereby bestow upon you the exclusive right to possess this numbered limited edition season five video collection. Wow. It witness we hereby place on our hand and it is signed by Peter Davis and Bill Panzer. And this is number zero four three seven four. Does that mean there were over? I mean, that means did they number these? I don't know how they numbered them. Did they sell over four thousand of these things? They might have. Yeah, it's possible. They they raked in some bucks. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
It had a certificate of authenticity. Tessity? Authenticity. Oh, from Tessa. Authenticity. Yeah. Authenticity. And he has a little picture of the certificate. Yeah, it's uh, pretty funny. That's pretty great cool. trivia. Yeah. Uh-oh, David G wrote us, Eamon. David G. Redubs. What if you guys were in the gathering? Of the three of you, who would each of you want to win? A few thoughts. Are Keith and I still feuding? What are your initial thoughts about Highlander existing in a world where demons are a real thing? Hold on. Wait, let's can we go back <laughs> to the beginning. What's the first question? Question one. What if you guys were in the gathering of the three of you? Who would each of you want to win? Me? Question mark. <laughs> Eamon? Uh, someone else. <laughs> someone else. But it has to be of the three of us, right? Yeah, I guess it does. And Kyle's I, not I, here, so I think Kyle, yeah. he would probably say me too, I think. Hashtag me too. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I guess I don't want my head to be chopped off. No offense. <laughs> so you want so you want mine to be chopped off? Is that what you're saying, Eamon? No. Oh. But if I had to choose. I see how it is. I see. All right. What's the next question? Are Keith and I still feuding? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I don't know. We talked the other day, Mr. David. Of course, this is weeks later and Mr. no one knows David. what I'm talking about. Eamon uh, I, I, and I were discussing this. Why are we feuding? I don't remember. I, don't know. I thought you started it. And then I think you said, or Eamon said, no, I started it. I, I do remember how I thought it started david wrote us a snarky email <laughs> when after we met him in la two years ago two years ago isn't that weird that that's that two years ago nuts at the convention in la and he said something like oh it's great to meet you all but uh like keith was rude to me i think for some reason i thought he was telling the truth uh. <laughs> maybe also because I don't know. I feel I, like i'm very self-conscious about stuff like that i was like did i do something wrong mm. what did i do i don't remember to me that was the start of it no oh. I don't remember that he any, made some joke about me being an asshole when we uh, met in the bar. Okay, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Fuck you, David. Dude. <laughs> what are your? I listened to your uh, Texas Tunes podcast. Shout oh. out to David and yeah, uh, Rock, Rock Solid, Solid. podcast. Listen, to that uh, we got to hang out with Pat Francis, who was a guest on our Queen episodes. That's and right. you should uh, visit those, uh, revisit those episodes, rewatch them, whatever it is. Yeah, we do here. But uh, David recorded an episode on that podcast called Texas Tunes. Check it out. That's right. Check it out. Sorry, man. That's okay. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about Highlander existing in a world where demons are a real thing? Don't like it. Next. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Is it a bridge too far? Yes. Mm -hmm. Does it fit in with the mystical bent of Highlander 3? I mean, Highlander 3 doesn't f fit in well with the other yeah. shit, so no. I mean, it has dumb magic. How does this mess with time <laughs> travel, magic. aliens, and final dimensions? I don't like any of this stuff in Highlander. I think I fall in the AP sure bandwagon yeah ap bandwagon it's better that the quickenings and the immortals are like the only magic thing yeah. and everybody else is like real it's limited yeah when and people say people say oh well there's some like isn't that magical why not have other magic isn't that a kind of magic yeah sure why doesn't why don't the jedi fly around like i well, mean they, like mm, extend that to everything they do do they not really in one of the new ones wait when what princess leia she oh, that was around. that was terrible. That was not good. <laughs> that was that's like I like that movie. I'll defend that movie. That was bad. Anyway, uh, I hated that part of that movie. Uh, uh, sure, it was not yeah. good. But anyway, I'm just saying that like if you apply that sort of thing, like oh well, it's got this one magical thing, so why not another? Yeah, apply that to everything. Why why doesn't Harry Potter? I don't know. What's a magical thing they don't do in that movie? They kind of do a lot. Resurrect of people. Sure. Why don't they resurrect people? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Because yeah. you got to put some limitations. There's rules to a game. Anyway. Yeah. Ranting. What is Keith going to? When is Keith going to present some Highlander-themed hot dogs? And when is he going to send them to me to eat? Never. Wait, <laughs> that's the second. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I've thought about this. I was yeah. like, oh, we should make like hot dogs for each of the characters, which would be really fun, and do that a video. Would be fun. Maybe we will down the few, uh, down the road. I don't know if we'll do. I, 
Are we having this discussion right now? Should we do more video episodes? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Do you want to look at our ugly faces on videos? I wouldn't want to. <laughs> uh, maybe write us in at HighlanderRewatch.com, yeah. and we can have a whole mini episode where we read people telling us they don't want to see or hear from us ever again. Yeah. So. And, so, like, watching us eat hot dogs sounds very, like, unappealing. It sounds like, uh, like an ASMR sort of situation. Yeah. Here it's chewing on hot dogs mm. on mic. All right. Uh, tingly. Do you think Duncan would be vegan or vegetarian? That's an interesting point. I could 100% see him. Is Adrian Paul vegetarian or vegan? I don't know. He's I very fitness He is very focused fitness. He's a fit man. Fit focused. Fit focused. Huh. What's that say about me? I eat vegetarian all the time, and yeah. uh, I look like a like a melted, rotten pear. So I don't think that's true. Okay. But <laughs> I don't, and I should. <laughs> High blood pressure. Oh, oh, boy. How do you think he'd vote? Ooh. Do immortals uh, vote? Do immortals vote? Oh, voter fraud. Yeah. Voter IDs, guys, uh, for those immortals. Yeah, uh, how would he vote? I honestly don't know. That's a tough call. Because. I mean, he has some dated views. He, yeah. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I don't know either. Interesting point, though. Maybe he doesn't vote. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, I think that's the easy way out. Oh, it's but, mortal, mortal business. Mortal business. We have, we, the game is important. Uh, looking forward to seeing how you survive the animated series. Best your brother and Lander stuff. David G. David G. Well, thank you, David. Thank I you, appreciate David. the email. Absolutely. Next. Ah, Mark N. He writes us again. He says, hi, wa- oh, hi, watchers. Hi, rewatchers. Hi, watchers. Hi, watchers. I had a fun time listening to your Christmas edition of your reader mailbag, including the Gift of the Magi. Or is that Gift of the Magi Lander? Yep. Interludes that you had peppered throughout the podcast. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, it does bring to mind a question. While now, while now knowing that you guys would get it, what this sentence sucks. Uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, while now, I'm just going to read it the way you wrote it. While now know what you guys would get each other, I wonder what your ideas would be for Christmas presents for Duncan McLeod and other immortals in the show. Ooh, that's Ooh, a great question. What would you get? Let's start with Duncan. What would you get Duncan for Christmas? He's always cooking. I'd get him some type of like cooking something. Something? Like yeah. what? Like a pan or yeah, like a pan an ingredient? or like like truffle oil? Yeah. Something or a salt? Something uh, nice. Artisanal salt? Yeah. I think that's what I'd go with. Okay. That's funny. I had like a gut reaction. I think I'd get him a CD. A compact disc? A compact disc. Mm. I don't know exactly what, but like good, I think good music. I think that would be a good thing to get. Yeah, you'd appreciate Like what do you get a person that's like rich and is like... Immortal. Immortal. Yeah, what do you... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like they can just get whatever they want. They're probably comfortable. A turtleneck? Yeah, Yeah. sure. A new turtleneck, a new look. He likes those. Yeah. All right. Mm. A a short sleeve uh, trench coat for the summer? Yeah. Something like that. Oh, imagine that. That would look terrible. Like a little cutoff situation? Sword tube? A sheath. I think I'd buy him a sheath. Oh, for great a sword. idea. Yeah. yeah. What would you get someone who's been around long enough to witness so much history and is also likely to be... Re- I just said that. All right. Well, we're re- reiterating ourselves here. Reiterating. Reiterating. Mark N. The upcoming, for me, episode of Highlander Rewatching Covering Till Death investigates a little of what things one immortal could gift another. Oh, that's right. They get them like a string quartet and... Mm. There's like a vase, um, but what would you get them? What's your idea present for Duncan or Amanda or Mithos in your life? Inquiring minds want to know. Great job, guys. I look forward to every new episode. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah, let's, uh, what other characters? Let's do Amanda and Richie. Uh, or let's do all of them. Who cares? I got time to kill. I'm not doing anything. Kyle will be here shortly. Yes. Maybe. We'll see. He texted. He's on his way. On his way. Amanda, I don't know, a wig. A wig. Yeah, she wears wigs. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe some gloves. All right. Top, conceal her fingerprints in a 
theft. And a theft or murder. She doesn't murder. She doesn't murder. No. Uh, Richie. I would get, oh, sorry. Maybe. I would get, wait, are we going back lessons? and forth? There? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would get, Amanda, I think, a gift certificate to a fancy restaurant. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think she'd appreciate it. She would. What a weird sentence to say. I think, I think she she'd would appreciate, appreciate it. it. Creep. Stop it. All right. Eamon, Richie. Richie, I think I'd get a motorcycle riding lessons. Do you think he needs them? I think so. Yeah, he's not doing he's too hot. crashing He a does lot. crash quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, what would I get, Richie? Ooh, a new sword? That's an expensive present, but I don't, I don't like, the, new, I don't like the one he has. Yeah. I still don't yeah. think that one's right. Yeah. New sword is the way to go. Yeah, okay. But and you're spending a, some money on Richie. We got Mythos and Joe left. Mythos. Mythos, just some beer. That's it's it? It's like a 30-pack or something. Huh. I, would, I, would, I might go CD with Mythos as well. I don't know if that's a better. I don't know if CD is better suited for Mythos as opposed to. Mythos seems to be like into like he's like a hip dude. Yeah, like he probably is up on like like the ultimate indie music guy. Like, oh, I know this band you've never heard of. Like, right. He seems like a guy that does that. Yeah. All right. CD for him and Joe. Joe book a book book. What book? I don't know. You can't just say a book. Oh, he's a he's a, a studier. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I actually I'm, I'm I think I'm hung up on Joe because I feel like. Getting him a CD or a blues thing was like too on the nose. Yeah, maybe some like autograph thing, like a, a piece of memorabilia. I think would be cool. That he'd appreciate. That, that he could like hang up in the bar. Yeah, cool. Assign something or other. Yeah, another employee for his bar. Yes, <laughs> gift like him an employee yeah, that's right. at his bar. Ah, uh, very good. And uh, that's everything from Mark N. Thank you, Mark. We really appreciate your email. This is crazy. We're reading like every email you've ever sent us all in one day. It's a lot. It's a lot. Eamon's got one more here from Paul H. Paul H. Sorry if this has been discussed at length before, but I know it from time to time it is mentioned about Duncan's Scottish accent in flashbacks versus his more recent accent. My OCD kicked in and I did a little research and found that between the Gypsy Camp 1848 in the darkness and San Francisco 1854 Courage, his accent changes. This does not take into account production inconsistencies that may have existed early in production. For example, in Tennessee, 1863, An Innocent Man, Duncan seems to have fairly thick southern accent. The producer's idea may have been that he would adapt the accent for the region he was in to better assimilate with the mortals. I completely forgot that he has a southern accent in that episode. That's crazy. Related to this, Adrian Paul appeared at the local convention here in Greenville, South Carolina, and in a panel discussed that the show wanted him to drop the Scottish accent altogether at one point. And he talked about how he went to bat for keeping it. He said he felt it added depth to the character and helped him differentiate between young Duncan and older Duncan. He was right. Thanks for keeping up the good work. Yeah, that's a, that's crazy that they wanted him to get rid of that. That doesn't make any sense. It's a, clearly an interesting choice to make. All right, throw it on the ground. Throw that email on the ground. But that, yeah, the accent has to stay. Has to stay. But it, it definitely changes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's great that he makes that, like that difference. Effort yeah, and, that's yeah. good. No, that's very good. Amen, my good sir. Yes. We are now done. Season four, Search for Vengeance, miscellaneous emails. We're now on to season five emails. Season five. That's right. We're going to be reading a couple emails from the episode Prophecy. Prophecy. Season five, dash one. This is from Brian S. All right, Brian. Uh, he says, yes, the Watcher Triumvirate is back, baby. I'm referring to the fact that we are now doing season episodes, not uh, the uh, Search for Vengeance and right. all that stuff. Yeah, it was. It's good to. it's good to be back. Yeah. Baby. Um, Baby. I'll try and make this short. Great episode, if not a bit muddled plot-wise. Who's to say that the prophecy wasn't about Kantos, but about, <clears throat> spoiler, Ariman. Hey, Ooh. we haven't gotten there yet. 
Roland, he drives me crazy. Cantos was a cartoonish villain along with classic villain trope of not killing is what? With classic villain trope of not killing is query when there is no reason not to. What? Let me see that. Not killing is clearly what? Uh. I don't know what he's supposed trying to say here. I think he's just saying that he's doing the, you know, make a speech instead of kill the make you a know, speech. The, yeah, yeah right. I have, I have no yeah, idea. Guys, what this when you write is these saying. emails, please just try to like proofread it, please. Brian S., we're thankful for your email. Brian S. All right. Give me back. This is a weird episode. Is this a weird episode? No. All right, cool. It's just the two of us. This is like a just different vibe. It's like a different dynamic. Building castles. In the sky? In the sky. Let's see. Uh, as far as Duncan communing with his younger self, not magic or time travel, but the much older man remembering a younger and more optimistic idealist. and Optimist un- Prime. An optimistic Prime. Idealist and untainted boy. I don't like that phrase, untainted boy. Uh, Ooh, an but untainted boy. That's right. Talking taints. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think he's just remembering. No. I didn't That's not get true that either. Because yeah. no, I don't. I don't think so. There's magic afoot here. The man who's also a boy, an untainted boy. Yeah. So he goes on to say. So Cassandra. Cassandra. So Cassandra simply hypnotized. That's the helped a little Mac to regress and find the un- uncomplicated truth from when he was a boy before the 400 years of living, dying, and fighting made him pessimistic. And he signs off that which was hot, Brian. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm like okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so, Brian. Sorry. You don't think the witch was hot? No, she's very. She's pretty. Uh, but no, I don't think he's just remembering. Like he goes back to a place because he's like, oh, what was that? Like, it's not like he just like. If he just happened to remember something, I don't think he would be like, did you just magically make me remember stuff? That's not re-. like he wouldn't do that. He would just be like, oh, I randomly remembered this thing because it probably relates to what we're doing here. Also, he's not remembering. It's not like he remembers a time when when young Duncan was like, maybe you should just not listen. Yeah. Like, that's a memory. Be like, oh, remember in the past when I decided not to listen or whatever? Like, he got advice from a child that told him to do something that was, like, relating to the current events. So, no, I don't think he's uh, just remembering there, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. Buddy, we're friends already. Buddy. (laughs) David G. Oh, David G's back. Speaking of not buddies. um, I'm just kidding. What, no walking? I don't get this. What does that mean? What no walking? What N- no walking? No, that's good. I've never heard you're walking. Wow! <laughs> wow! Nice to see you guys back in five. Nope. <laughs> nice to see you guys back in fine form for the last full season of Highlander. Spoiler. I guess this question <laughs> will have to wait for your season in review episodes. But I'm curious about your feelings of the use of magic, prophecy, and... Yeah, we don't like it. Yeah. For me, the immortal... Hasn't this been apparent the entire time? We don't like it. For me, the Im- immortality thing is enough. I never liked prophecy stories. Yeah, uh, I don't think we like them either. I guess not. Right? No. They always end the same way, unless there's a spin on it, like Kyle suggested, where the prophecy was misunderstood by that- the prophet. That was me who suggested that. That was Keith. <laughs> God damn it, guys. He's not even here. Does Kyle believe in ghosts? We'll have to ask when he gets here. Uh, I remember an instance when he was younger. Oh, here he is. Kyle. Hey, he just walked in. He's wearing a Highlander shirt. I remember an instance where he was younger and went to a farmhouse uh, in Massachusetts, and it was perhaps haunted. Do you believe in ghosts, Kyle? 
This David this was a question. This was an official you, question. If you believe in ghosts, do you Wait. remember that house? I mean, of course oh, you do. I, mean, I obviously remember the house. Hold on, hold on, your mic is off. Hold on, now you can talk. Hey, uh, I do. Hey. Of course, remember hey, that Kyle's house. Here. Hello, hello. Uh, and I also remember my older brother and some others convincing me that it was haunted. Oh, <laughs> a layer to this story. Yeah, what a shitty older brother. As, you as, have. Yeah, as a who is that? To, I don't know. To make me a feared. <laughs> That's and crazy. It worked. So you? Uh, all right. I didn't know about to that. To this day, I still actually I'm convinced that you're both ghosts. <laughs> ah, that's true. It's more of a Casper situation. We're Bruce so we're Willis. friendly. Yeah, we're friendly. Bruce ghosts. Willis. Yeah. Oh, that ghost. I was like, he's not in Casper. That's Bill oh, Pullman. That ghost. Bill Pullman's <laughs> Casper. Yeah. Wait, what? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman's is in the, ga- the, the I human Casper. Casper. Really? Yeah, that's when you're shocked but he's to not see a ghost Casper. Casper. No, no, he's, no. no. Of course he's not Casper. Uh, he's the okay. dad of Christina Ricci. Ooh. Yes. Reaching. And Casper's like a hot dude in that, right? No, no, no. It's, it's weird. Shy. No, 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 <laughs> Go, no, 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 no. When he's like, no, when he's a ghost, when he's like an animated ghost. I saw this movie in the theater with my he father. He was really hot. No, when the, I saw it with. I can't believe my i my dad must have not liked this movie. How could he? Anyway, I, I remember no. Him. So we're we're deep into it now, guys. Uh, Casper as a cartoon in that movie. What year was that? Ninety. 90- Seven, ninety-six, maybe something like that. Something like that. Uh, he's like a very well, old enough that Dan Aykroyd's career was still already older. <laughs> uh, but no, like he's a very cute ghost. I mean, he's he's exactly like he looks in, in the in, in the, the comics, in the comics in the cartoon. right? Yeah, in the cartoon. Yeah. But then when he turned, spoiler alert for Casper the movie, uh, he turns <laughs> into a real boy at the end, and they like dance or whatever. Like he is a like he's a fifteen-year-old boy. <laughs> All right, maybe he's he is, fifteen, but he's, he's a but, but like child. no, no. But when he's a ghost, he's like a cute, adorable child, like a JTT. Exactly, that's what I'm getting at. Like he's yeah. like a heartthrob. Like he is a teenager. Yes, I understand. I'm not yeah. trying to be creepy in that way, but like yes, he's a heartthrob teen idol character when he turns into a person and it's like that's not what you were like you look like a baby yeah. when you were <laughs> a cartoon like, a like he's like a, yeah. a toddler like, when he's a ghost maybe he'd have a soft head yeah he's very so- yeah <laughs> a soft, soft head, head. Uh, yeah. he does have a head that looks like you could just go like <laughs> yeah. uh, but when he turns no. into a boy he's a hot boy <laughs> a hot boy <laughs> this is a real prophecy situation yeah. that's <laughs> right going here. that's what we've been talking about prophecy yeah so yeah, yeah, so David asked you that, Kyle, if you believe, believe in, ghosts. in ghosts. I feel uh, like that's an Amon thing. It is not. I do not believe in ghosts. <laughs> um, I art. This know, just happened to me the other day. What is this going to be? <laughs> it was about ghosts. Uh, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember. Not John Snow's pet ghost. I don't. Oh, they oh, really right. fucked that up. Oh boy! Spoiler: <laughs> I haven't seen any of this recent season, so shut the fuck up. Uh, no, somehow Ouch. ghosts got brought up with my. Uh, my work buddy and uh i mentioned something about oh it's crazy they believe in ghosts and then she sat back in her chair and Uh she was like you know because i was making fun of them like oh go like ghosts aren't real because spoiler alert they're not they're they're not not. (laughs) they're not real there's just a thing as ghosts um oh i remember why she read a weird fact on the internet that said pennsylvania is the number three uh bigfoot sighting state in the country wow yeah right and so anyway somehow that led to a discussion of like supernatural or not bigfoot oh i remember yeah well, yeah no i was talking about someone i know that Bigfoot's is like a ghost, a ghost hunter and i'm like what the fuck man like this doesn't oh so they're a charlatan <laughs> yeah exactly anyway uh so then she goes she sits back and goes ah, like i i don't know i don't know if i believe in ghosts and i'm just like spin around in my chair i'm done with this conversation <laughs> i don't know if i believe in ghosts god damn it anyway that, wait that was the punchline <laughs> 
God damn it. I was, well, it was, just, I was expecting a It was just that I was having a conversation about ghosts not being real, and then the woman was like, I don't know if I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> and it was like, this is something you're undecided on still. Also, yep. if you're undecided if you believe in ghosts, doesn't that mean you don't believe in ghosts? Currently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like a double negative. <sighs> anyway, going on. Well, then he said, I know Keith doesn't believe in anything except Keith. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's his way. <laughs> <laughs> is, our, is that true, Keith? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, is that, that is your a, way? Our weird fake feud. <laughs> I made a lot of efforts to hang out in LA, David. That's true. Oh, Kyle, do you want to read this Lisa F. email? Sure. It's a long one. And on I, I'm prophecy. overdue. <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> Dear Utterly Watchers, the statutory rape makes this episode impossible for me to watch. Oh, oh I remember this email. This is, uh, yeah. yeah, this is, this but, is fucked up. Yeah. yeah, but I gritted my teeth so I'd be able to fully appreciate your commentary. What makes it somehow worse for me is that Cassandra targets Mac as a kid, so when he grows up to be the warrior of the prophecy, she'll be better able to manipulate him and play on his sympathies. That's an amazing read of that, I yeah. think. That's fucked up. It's a completely mercenary act, and it gives her very little moral ground to stand on when complaining about someone else doing the same thing to her in a later episode. Yes. We'll get there soon. In terms of the prophecy, I think it says something about Roland Cantos's ego that he assumes a prophecy about a great evil must be referring to himself. Cassandra wouldn't have trained him in the first pl- first place if he had a giant neon sign labeling <laughs> him as the big bad of all time. And as for Cassandra giving Duncan more of a heads up about Tessa and other things that could have that have happened to him recently, that would assume the woman who needs a detective agency to even find Duncan is getting enough visions to be useful to him earlier. <laughs> not to mention, if he changes his fate to spare him the pain, he might not go through darkness which she probably needs him to do. Uh, In other words, even if she could have told him something, she probably wouldn't. That's mm. fucked up, too. Like, I need you to go through this terrible ordeal so the prophecy can be fulfilled. Yeah. As for know. Kantos's and Cassandra's powers, my guess is it's harder to push around a season of mortal than it is to manipulate mortals. So Kantos gets more worn out when fighting Duncan. And with the cops, we know Kantos is stronger, so maybe Cassandra's bizarre scream can disrupt him when he's laying his mojo on someone, but can't break the spell once that person is already running around doing his bidding. Ooh. All right. Cool, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kantos. I keep wondering, like, I'm like, is he a can-do guy or a can't-do guy? Mm. Depends on how you say it. That's true. But barely how you but say barely. it. But barely, yeah. Yeah, it's so close. Can't two guy? Yeah. Can't two Brute? <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, there's absolutely no explanation for the Bond villain trope of Cantos leaving Duncan alone to figure out a plan instead of killing him quickly. Yours, Lisa. All right. Thanks, Lisa. That's great. So we've got a couple more emails to read, but before we get into that, we do we're gonna do a little bit more snacking. Uh so Kyle, I'm gonna get some ice because we have a beverage to enjoy, but while I'm getting ice, you're gonna try these chips that were sent us. Sent to us by James A. These are a Kentucky Cincinnati local chip. Ooh, Kentucky Cincinnati. So enjoy these while I get some ice. Had had a great time in both of those two places. Yeah. If you're ever in Cincinnati, go see the William Toward Taft House. William Toward Haft. William Toward Haft. My favorite Supreme Court justice. Oh. That's Slash cool. President William Howard Taft. These He's are pretty good. good. Texture. What are these? These are Grippos. 
Grippo's Barbecue. Grippo. Oh, I'm into that. I am not into their creepy mascot, though. The, the baseball with the mustache and some <laughs> little boy. Oh, I didn't even... Oh, the little boy makes it even creepier. Is he a salt shaker? What, or are those buttons? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, but these like chips have a little kick to them. I'm they way do. Into, they, I'm way into this. They have a nice little... Uh, I want to say patina. That's not the right word. Patina. Isn't yeah. that what, like, copper has on it? A patina? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's uh, the parents at the school, the patina, PTA. Nope. Yeah, okay. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the patina. There's a patina outbreak. That's right. Get them back. Mm-hmm. You got to get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. All right. So the other Ooh, thing. Maybe ghosts cause autism. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, I believe in neither you. of those things. Was um, Casper autistic? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sending in these chips. I could crush a whole bag of these. Yeah, they're, they're good, delicious. Uh, so we're we're gonna have another snack here. This is the beverage uh, that James A. sent. And Eamon, how do you say this again? What's uh, the story? A late one. A late one. Isn't that funny? If you just read that label, would Kyle? Would you know that it's pronounced a late one? I would read ale eight one. I, would, I wouldn't even know that was a one. I wouldn't know that was a one. I would think that was a period, and I would think the eight was a stylized s. I. Oh. I would have pronounced that Ailes. 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 Had, you, had you not said anything. Roger Ailes. Who's that? <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Ooh, uh, played by Russell Crowe in a new movie. Speaking, We were talking really? Gladiator earlier. Ooh. That's right. Man, he, really he's he's a rocking lot. a uh, what's-his-name-fat suit in that, too. <laughs> What's-the-name-fat oh, suit? Uh, Christian Bale Jiminy in, in Vice. Vice, oh. yeah. yeah. I thought Christian Bale just got fat. No, he did, he did get fat. And but, then he, also but he wore... also got a bunch of makeup. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I read an interview with him recently that said he's got to stop doing that because I guess uh, his doctor said on his that's body. really bad for you to just like shift weight around for a goddamn movie. Yeah, go figure. The Machinist. Oh, this smells pretty good. All right, so we're going to be drinking this ginger ale, which uh, when we read the description, Eamon, I believe earlier it said, or it's a citrusy ginger ale, right? A citrus soft drink with ginger. And it's been around. So uh, is it a gingery Mountain Dew? What does that mean? Maybe. That's kind of cool. Oh, that's crazy. Hasn't Mountain Dew done like a ginger flavor? Called like. All they do is fuck around with like weird blue drinks and shit that are awful. They could have icy ginger flavor. Yeah. Uh, Also, I love their little tagline. Best of the bluegrass in the green glass. Oh, that's kind of That's good. I love it. Yeah. All right. Shall we try this, guys? Cheers. Cheers to Highlander. Cheers Cheers to James. Yes, hey. Deziced. Yes, Deziced. Oh, yes, Deziced. Deziced to magic. To magic. To ghosts. It smells spicy. That's good. Yeah. It mostly tastes like ginger ale to me. Yeah. I'm not really getting the citrus slam. Either am I. But there, I like the ginger is like a real nice, ginger. It's taste, real. Though. It tastes like real ginger. It tastes like real ginger. Okay. Okay. Ooh, and if you let it hit your soft palate, like you burn a little, like when you're laughing at Eamon's joke. Yeah. You will feel it. <laughs> This is good. I like it. I'm way into that. Soft like baby Casper's skull. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Very good. Awesome. Thank you very much. Let me just James get a, a. Get a, get a was sip. The ghost oh, of are we going to uh, sip it on air? Uh, <laughs> there it is. Was the ghost of Bill Pullman hot in that? Bill Pullman's always hot in everything. Yeah. But what, is, uh, no, I'm asking specifically about the ghost of Bill Pullman. But he, did he ever become a ghost? Oh, you better believe it. I don't remember it's that. Yeah, he does. Wait, yeah. what? I don't remember this that. This is more Casper spoilers. The the bad uncle ghosts take him out drinking. They get him hammered, and he walks off a cliff <gasps> somehow. That's right. Or like off a, it falls down a manhole. Oh my god. And then he dies. That's and so they, sad. And they had the machine. <laughs> That's so sad. 
that was gonna turn Casper back into a real boy. That's right. But that is sad. Casper sacrifices it to let Bill Pullman come back and be with Christina Ricci. How friendly of him. He's a friendly ghost. <laughs> so friendly. Wow. Wow. I have to rewatch this movie. They need to be two weeks. <laughs> I think so. Who are you gonna call? Casper. Yeah. It's said by Dan Aykroyd in that yeah. movie. Oh, I forgot God. he was in that movie, too. So did I. He's bad, right? Dan He's Aykroyd? insane, that's for sure. Well, yeah, with his crystal skull vodka or whatever. I read some interview. He always has a like fake police badge on him. What the fuck? <laughs> so in case he needs to fool someone who also doesn't recognize him. Yeah, yes. right? I mean, like I he, he can probably do anything because he's Dan Aykroyd. Like, oh, I can park here. I'm Dan Aykroyd. And most people be like, yes, sure. Yes, you can. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Creator of the Coneheads. Hmm. <laughs> I remember from like France. Oh, they're boy. from France. They are. Like Highlander. That's right. All right, guys, we're talking about season five, episode three, End of Innocence. This email is from Lisa F. Hey, rewatchers. One of the things End of Innocence always clinches for me is that Joe's primary focus is his loyalty to his friends, even when it makes him act against his best interests or his moral code. But what about his watcher friends? I guess he's better friends with Mac and Richie. Yeah. He, they just met. They just and they just fuck met. up his life constantly. Yes, they do. <laughs> constantly. And his most painful moments are when he owes loyalty to two friends who need him are in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. It never. It's never made clear why he's wired that way, but that is absolutely the key to his character. Think about how he hid Horton for months after Horton's supposed death, hoping as long as he kept Horton and Mac apart, he could keep them from killing each other. Think about how he begged Meg not... Meg? (laughs) Think about how he begged Mac not to go after Cord, both before and after Cord killed Charlie. It's not surprising that Joe would throw away his decades-long career and literally cut out a piece of himself to keep Mac's friendship and then turn around and red... Redeem? Rededicate? Rededicate. Oh, there we go. I'm like, rededicate. I was like, redacted? How can I not say the word? I will redact my friendship like the Mueller report. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and Wendy, you better redact that email you're writing right now for my pronunciation. Uh, uh, Anyway, he rededicated himself to the Watchers uh, the moment Mac asked him to. God damn it. That's so fucked up. I know it is so fucked up. Uh, Joe seems to value himself much less. Like, he's just a wiener. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then, he's a, then he a, values a his friends. Yeah, this is bad. He has low self-esteem and is therefore willing to make him uh, make sacrifices for them, even when they prove they won't do for the, the same for him. They won't. Very true. They Mac doesn't give will. a fuck about you. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm betting that even Duncan's reasons for wanting a friend in the Watchers is quietly self-serving. Yep. Yep. Yes. Joe, uh, you need uh, you have information. Um, Joe would wouldn't feel used. He'd feel more secure about the friendship because Duncan needs him. Be well, Lisa. Yeah, Duncan's a shitty, shitty friend. Shitty, shitty friend, friend. Shitty, <laughs> shitty friend, 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 friend. I love you. you. <laughs> oh. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Richie, Richie. Amen. Uh. We got another one from David G. David G. Writing lots of emails. Clogging up the email chains. Send of innocence. Redubbers, greetings. Boy, listening to you guys explain what a laser disc was like. Listening <laughs> to a toddler explain the theory of relativity. Okay. Oh, boy. Laser disc ex- expert. Okay. So the pacifier is a particle of light. <laughs> Ooh. I forget how young you guys are. The laser disc was a superior product that contained two audio tracks, and this allowed for the introduction of a commentary track. It was a big deal for film buffs. However, what you guys forget is that most VHS tapes could cost almost $100 a piece. Oh, fuck. They weren't priced for the retail market, but more so for rental stores. 
That's why it was such a big deal when a movie like Batman came out as Price to Own. That's right. One of the downsides. Well, I think, uh, what's it called? Was like that Top Gun. Top I think Gun? it was another big VHS. Like That was one of the first movies hmm. that was like, bam, VHS Highway is a thing. to the danger zone. One of the downsides of the LaserDick was, was having to flip it over, LaserDick, uh, <laughs> to the next side midway through a movie, just like an LP, Laser Play. As for, yeah, for the Gadgetini <laughs> show, I can share some info on this. We got a what? Gadgetini update. We got a Gadgetini fan here. I worked at Deke for a while. Deke. Deke. That's the. What about oh, this? I, re- I remember that Deke. What about this Deke? <laughs> yeah, I do remember the, those logos. They did some Ninja, He's got Ninja Turtle VHS releases, or am I thinking of something else? They might. Yeah, they yeah, might have. I think so. All right. Oh, he's got that big Deke energy. <laughs> <laughs> big Deke energy. They own the Inspector Gadget character. IG? I don't know what IG is. IG. Inspector Gadget, probably? Oh, yeah. yeah probably. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess. Instagram? What's IG? <laughs> oh, it's the Inspector General. <laughs> yeah. Inspector General is a huge international character. So there were a number of series and specials. There was even a Gadget Boy prequel show. Interesting. That I, doesn't even make sense. Nope. I mean, like, if they made robot. him a robot, he, a he doesn't age. <laughs> yeah. Or is he a cyborg? Or they, did they make different... Did they make, like, a child version and, like, shut him off? And then... <laughs> like, had time to grow up, Gadget. Yeah, right. <laughs> After you finish with Highlander, I think you should cover the Karate Kid catalog. <laughs> I've well, never seen a show now. any Karate I Kid movies. I love the Karate movies. You've never seen any of the credit? Any of them. Any. Oh, you're missing any out on them. some of the world's best montages. No, the, the first one is legit oh, in my they... top 10 favorite movies, probably. Like, really? I really? love... Top 10. I, I mean, think I love that movie. I love wow. The Karate Kid. It. Like, it's a movie I definitely will watch if it's on TV or whatever. Like, it's great. Um, I think two is brilliant. I shouldn't say brilliant. Two is very good. Three is eh. No. Uh, four... Three is poor. <laughs> three is... Uh, yeah, th- three is not the greatest. Four, no good. That's what... Uh, what's his name? Highlander, Hi, Highlander alum Michael Hello, Ironside. Ironside. It honestly, the hallmark of any bad movie. Oh, fuck, yeah. It's terrible. It feels like a, 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 it was a different script that they plugged Karate Kid into. Like, yeah. it doesn't really make any sense. It's really shitty. Karate Kid's a great movie. But yeah, I've uh, I've only seen like two episodes of the uh, Cobra Kai show. I enjoyed it. It was fun and nostalgic, and I thought they did some good uh, character decisions. But, and I guess uh, it just got re- greenlit for another season. Third season, baby. Who? Yeah. You too. And John Kreese is in it too in the second yeah. season. <laughs> hey oh. Hey oh. No mercy. Rick H. Rick H. Hey guys. Big fan of the show. Enjoying rewatching it with you. It has given me an excuse to dust off my old VHS tapes. You know it's on like Hulu and YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I read that too, and I was like, this is so you don't have to dust convenient. off the tapes. Just don't worry about that. I mean, that is cool. I mean, hey, you do you, my friend, but yeah. uh, there's got to be a you. more convenient way for you to do this. There is a more convenient way. It is it's a fact. I wanted to comment on the reason why Joe refused to give Richie money for a sword. Oh, Ooh, hey, yo. I think he was trying to maneuver Richie to go and see Mac. Uh. Mac ten- Joe tends to make some chess moves like this from time to time. Just my thoughts. Keep it up. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's I, an interesting point. It is uh, It is interesting. I don't know if that's what he's... Do you think that's what he's doing? No. no. Do you think it's a chess <laughs> move, or do you think he, in that moment, decides, I'm flip-flopping, I'm not going to help now? He's flip-flopping. Yeah. He's a total flip-flopper. Oh, boy. Also... I don't know. Maybe it's just living in the, living under the Trump administration. But whenever somebody presents something as though it's a chess move to me, I am instantly suspicious now. <laughs> Definitely on this one, Joseph. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But thanks for the email. Yeah, yeah thank you. There's a reminder to all the listeners. If you want to email us and have your email read on the show, send us an email 
to HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com. If you want to write a letter and have some some jerks tease you on the air. Jerks tease. I've been pretty good this episode. About not teasing people? I I think. (laughs) I don't know know how good you've been. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) it's all done in fun. It's all all done in fun. Thank you so much for sending in these letters. We love it. Yeah. We love it. I love it. This is McDonald's. Last one. I'm loving it. This is the last email of the show, everybody. So, you know. Better be good. <laughs> it better be good. Yeah, this is no from Jim S. Pressure, Jim. Jim S. writes, great podcast as always, fellas. Good start. Thanks. Just yeah, that's one, it. <laughs> yep, just one insight to share. Uh, this is also on the end of Innocence, by the way. I think Clay turned down Duncan's mercy because he didn't want to be like Graham Ash. Uh, Basically, he thought Ash's begging for his life was unbecoming for an immortal. You face your foe and take your chances. I would agree with that. Like, I mean, he he seemed, Kyle, I think you mentioned, like, that's the dichotomy is Clay is like, this is what we do. We kill each other. That's why he killed Graham in the first place. Yeah. And so he accepts that fate even when it's bestowed on him. You know, this is just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, He says, if you lose, you lose, but lose like a man and not a whiny child. Uh, He didn't change his attitude 350 years later. It wasn't about kill me or I will hunt you down and you'll lose eventually. It was kill me and give me the dignity of an honorable death. Leaving me alive would shame me. I think Duncan respected that, which is why he raised the sword. He shamed me. It was was a salute to the honorable fallen hero. Shut. Duncan. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, also notice how Duncan decapitated Clay. It was an execution style using the same technique he used to de- behead Hidori Koto. This was not a killing done in the heat of battle. It was cold and calculated to honor an enemy who fought by the rules and lost and deserved a dignified end. All right. Yeah, and who can? Who's a great door repairman? <laughs> sure, and had that vest. That vest. Respect the vest. Jim also visited uh, the set during the filming of Dramatic License. Uh, he has written us a great email about it that hopefully we can read on air which will be pretty cool of course by reading on air we've already read it on air because that episode aired last two weeks ago oh boy hey but anyway thank you jim for uh the story it was awesome it was great it was great. I loved it. I might have lied. We have we, one, one more, more, one more, one more email. <laughs> you see one email staring Sorry, us in the face. I got one more. It's uh, regarding the Adrian tapes. I'm going to give it. Oh, it's from Jim S as well. So we're not. Ooh. You know, you're not off the hook yet, Jim. Who wants to read it? Uh, you two fight over it. I was late, so I'll read it. All right, go for it. Go for it. My poor doggy. Go for it. Wait, what? Huh? Huh? Oh, my poor doggy was sick. That's why you were late. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners? Because I'm sure they've, if they haven't tuned out already since you weren't here. Well, I mean, I'm sure that they did yeah. <laughs> without hearing the dulcet tones of uh, my voice and the witty banter that emerges when the three of us come together. What's your banter? Uh, it was missing something. No offense, Eamon. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, different dynamic. I love this. <laughs> I like these sounds. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners do, too. Hey, guys. Glad you're playing my tapes. Does he sound like that? I don't know, but I, I might just commit to it. I haven't listened to them for years, but I remember the cats are banned story. I haven't seen this story mentioned in any other media source, whether interviews or DVDs. So I'm glad the tapes are getting play. That's right. I doubt the hard listeners remember the absolutely bizarre prank of fucking insane trying to convince Tessa both that she, she had a cat. Yeah. 
and it's a legal It's not like she had a cat and they were trying to punk her on that. It doesn't. It really doesn't sound like she buys it for a second. No, because it's insane. She's just like ha ha ha. <laughs> what if that was why she left the cat prank? <laughs> yeah, she's just like these fucking guys are cats. And for the record, on one of the tapes about season two, Adrian explains why Duncan sent Richie away at the end of Undercolor of Authority. Hey, that was our very first email of the uh, episode, so it's fitting we read this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually discovered your podcast through that episode. Ooh. I had just seen an episode of Better Call Saul and was Googling Jonathan Banks and found your podcast on Undercolor of Authority. That's crazy. Wow. Did we even tag Jonathan Banks in I that episode? I tagged him, but I think I, I might have. I think, oh, he's, okay. I think we say his name in the description. Uh, so, I don't uh, think Google works that way. So, Oh, you mean in the description you wrote? I think you meant like the audio. Yes, I'm aware that Google doesn't comb, <laughs> comb, audio, comb the whole audio. audio was file. like, Jonathan Banks is mentioned in this podcast. We've got to put it in the search results. Yep. I get it. It was mentioned in the description. I get it. Got it. Got there it. Go. Uh, <laughs> and I am also volunteering my surface. Uh, surfaces. Surfaces. What kind of surfaces you got? Uh, he is mentioning. Is that going to be like will, that sushi uh, when you eat sushi off like a naked person? Yeah, that's right. GMS is going to be lined with sashimi. <laughs> yeah, he mentions here that he teases his forthcoming message about dramatic license. Ah, very good. Which is also in the past at this point. So. Yeah, so I think we've read the full story. There we go. Thank you, Jim S. You are a uh, frequent contributor, and we appreciate all that you've given us. We do. Yeah, you're the hero we deserve. Actually, we're the hero we need. We don't deserve We're the Nero? Wait, we're the Nero. Yeah, we're the Nero. We're the Nero. Burn it down! (laughs) Anyone got a fiddle? Fiddle, 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 fiddle. I like that. Oh, oh I remember fiddle, 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 fiddle. That's so. Uh, that, that is that's from our, the Christmas. That is our insane Christmas episode when Mr. Ice T performed that music for us. That's oh, a right. second callback to the the Christmas episode. Ice really? T. Oh, that was a different Christmas episode. That's our second Christmas one, right? That's messed up. That that's is messed, messed up. up. Wow. Hey, Coco. Speaking of Christmas, Coco. Ooh, hot Perfect cocoa. drink for uh, <laughs> Christmas, Eve. Christmas Eve. Look at these transitions we're Look getting, at guys. These. We're right in the groove of this for a long time. I'm just going to stop. Well, do you guys right have there. anything else to say? This is uh, the, the, you know, the final episode in our run here. A uh, little reader mail. Uh, make sure to write us. I think I've said that like eight times this yeah. episode. But yeah, if you want to have stuff right on here, send us an email, not a, a you know Facebook page. Although we do appreciate when you write on Facebook and yeah. it's cool because people get to have discussions, but it's tough to get those sort of comments on our reader mail episodes. Uh, and also, it was really great that um, James A. from Kentucky slash Cincinnati sent us these snacks. They were I never heard of or had any of these, and I'm like a soda no. nut. I love yeah. like funky sodas from all over the world. This was great. What kind what? of fruit does a soda nut emerge out of? A soda fruit or? Yeah, it's a tropical, uh, it's like a, you know, jungle fruit, the soda fruit. Okay. Or soda true. nut, excuse me, whatever. Soda <laughs> nut. Soda nut. Well, it's a soda fruit, but like the the, the flesh is useless. You go right. right for the yeah. nut. Right for the nut. Go right through my nut. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that was super awesome. And if you want to send us stuff, um, people have sent us uh, in the past. Well, Jim S. has sent us uh, mm-hmm. Adrian tapes. Mm-hmm. People have sent us catalogs and all sorts of things. Coats. Yeah. We've got shirts, hats, all sorts of cool shit. Uh, but we can talk about them on air. Uh, just write us an email and we will get some contact info to you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, probably another new episode uh, reviewing the next episode in season five, which will be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye.
Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's terrible. It, oh, I burped on Mike. <laughs> Good job.